welcome back to the Hammering Life Podcast. This is episode 13, and this is a very special episode. We're going to be in a Premier League season preview today um, with Joe, as always, and we're joined by a friend of the podcast, Swinny Poo, who I believe is still a co-host of the United Hour. I haven't read your Twitter bio in a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, st- I'm still there. Uh, I don't know. I think I might have taken that on my Twitter bio because I had to like fit another shit, but yeah, I'm still doing that, and I think it, we just recorded a pod last week that I was on, so... Um, yeah, still, uh, still churning out a little bit of uh, Manchester United comment, con, com, content. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're happy to have you on the Hammering Away podcast and get a little fresh perspective because there's not much, um, what's the word, trust in David Moyes these days. So it'll be nice to have somebody who's not too close to it. Uh, my well, old friend. Yeah, while we all uh, try to recuse ourselves from talking about the Paqueta news while we preview the season. The only thing we'll say about that is that we do not condone the sale of Lucas Paqueta at any price. I don't I don't think that's real. That's not real. That's like that's not gonna happen. It's too late in the window. Fabrizio like confirmed it that it's at least concrete. No, I'm sure I'm sure like they had the conversation. But City does this stupid shit, right? Where they like they'll like express concrete interest whatever it is but like one you don't need money right because you sold rice so yeah. any so you'd probably set the price for him at like i don't know let's just say like 110 let's say you set it the price at whatever rice went for city won't match that because they do this stupid fucking thing where they're like oh well like we actually have never set the transfer fucking record yeah, so yeah, like yeah. like we, you know we don't have money actually it's really hard for us so like they do this stupid bullshit he's not gonna go this window it's it's one of the and if anything i think like if i was west ham maybe it's one thing where you're like hey look we're not gonna move you this window we'll bump you up like i don't know fucking 10k a week on wages or something like that um that's yeah. something i think you should consider but i, I don't think he, i'd be shocked like i'd really be shocked if he went anywhere this window yeah, they really have that whole superiority complex, not to cut you off, Joe, but they, like, I was just saying to Joe before we got on here that, like, with Gavardial, they were, like, haggling over the price of, like, 100 million euros, and well, this is, like, the hottest young defender in Europe. Well, you know what it was, is, like, it's actually really funny, so they didn't want to set the transfer record in pounds. That's what it was, and if you actually look at their, like, I think you might, I don't remember if it was, like, their, it wasn't their official press release, but it was one of their city, like, media people um they like made it a point to emphasize like we didn't pay as much as virgil van dyke or for harry Maguire. and it's actually funny though because if you do it in euros it is the world record um which i found funny anyway how how is it even close like what Maguire was like what 60 Maguire yeah but if, the like exchange 90. rate the exchange rate at the time was uh. different so like if you actually do it by so that's why they wanted to make sure like in pounds it was less because in euros it's actually more i don't under they do this with all their players like this is like a thing they do we're like oh we didn't actually set the world record and it's like okay so you didn't set the world record you just have fucking i think they have like six of the most 10 expensive defenders in the history of the game so yeah i I, good congrats to them for not setting the world record (laughs) on Guardiola, i guess I don't know. That reminds me of one of my favorite transfer sagas ever, which was when uh, the summer 2016 going into the 16-17 season, the first season at the Olympic Stadium. We were chasing Lacazette all summer, and we put in a bid for the asking price of Lacazette the night that like 
the value of the pound changed because of Brexit <laughs> or whatever. So we didn't actually meet the asking price. And then we didn't go back in for him. And Sullivan was like, well, you know, we, we tried. We, we really tried to get him. And then That's we signed real. Simone Zaza. Well, the, story. There, was a, there, was a, there was the one with Arsenal and uh, Suarez, right? Where they like oh. thought he had a release clause. So they bid like 50 million and one pounds. And, <laughs> and I think Liverpool was like, yeah, so... He doesn't have a release clause, so <laughs> good job. <laughs> I did think I read somewhere recently, though, like I, for whatever reason, I saw that come up somewhere. And I don't know what actually was going on at the time, because that would have been, what year would that have been, 2012 now? No, no, I think it was, uh, I think it was 2013. 2013, yeah. It was, it was after, it was after Rogers left, but before... Or no, sorry. It was after whoever the fuck bought him, Keegan or whoever it was, and then Rogers came in. Um, so it was like before Rogers took over. Yeah, I just I don't know why, but I read somebody was being like, oh well, he did have a release clause, but like, and Liverpool weren't allowed to reject the bid, and I was like, I don't think that that's legally possible, like with that much money going around to like just be like lying about a release clause. I don't think release clauses exist in England the way they do exist in Europe. Like I know there was a whole thing with Mac Allister where they're like, oh he has a release clause. From everything I read it just sounded like he had an agreement with them. Yeah. And they were just like, okay, fine. Um because with Caicedo people are like, oh he has a release clause. Right? There's like that whole fucking like conspiracy theory. Oh he actually has a release clause for a Champions League club. But like I, I don't think that's accurate at all. It doesn't seem like it anyway. Yeah, like if there was an actual like solid release clause, like we would know what the number is at this point. Yeah, it's kind of it's probably just like a gentleman's agreement, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, now that's everything that people are talking about with uh, Michael Elise at Palace. He's a thirty-five million pound release clause. He has a fifty million pound release clause. He has this. He has that. I'm telling you, I don't think really. If I remember correctly, I don't think like it's actually legal to have release clauses in England. Like I, I don't think that's a thing. Um, and it is legal in Europe, but like after the Neymar one, that's why all these release clauses, like any release clause for top players, like bullshit. It's like, oh, yeah, six billion euros. Well, in that. Spain, in Spain, don't they? They have to have release clauses. Yeah, in yeah, they have to. They? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like the polar opposite. So speaking though about not release clauses, this season. As almost every season feels like, it's a great segue. I know. I that was a really good segue. Halfway through, I, I lost it halfway through. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started the segue before I had a plan about what it was going to be. But speaking about not release clauses, every summer it feels like people talk about, oh, this is going to be the best Premier League season ever. This, that, and the third. This season, it's almost like a, it feels like a forced narrative that Arsenal are going to challenge to me. I don't know. I don't know. You think they're going to challenge? I think so. I don't see why not. Do you think that they're going to win? They, hmm. Well, they're adding Rice, and... You hate him. This is like the one hour for the rest of my life where I'm going to be serious about (laughs) that from Rice. Like... We know how good he is. As much as I specifically like to pretend that he's like whatever gonna fail at Arsenal, like he's just gonna get better every week, just like he has been getting better every week since he was like 16 years old. And 
the sky the sky's the limit, honestly, for Arsenal with Rice. Yeah, I mean, now that he's at a big club, he's getting all that PR where you see this all these Arsenal reporters talking about he's so hungry to learn. I like Arteta and him, they've never seen somebody this hungry to learn. Like well, like, he already he really won his first he already matched yeah. his trophy haul, according to ESPN FC. <laughs> The, oh, the, he did. The he prestigious did. Uh, community shield that he <laughs> emerged victorious in. Um, dream. <laughs> what do we think about them celebrating the way that they did about that trophy? This is like, so this is the thing. Every year this happens where it's like, whoever wins the community shield is always like, gets fucking killed for, for like celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like, you kind of have to celebrate, but it's also just a ridiculous, it, it's a stupid trophy. They should actually just like, dude, who wants this? Like, I mean, is, is there a single team that's like, no, 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 like, we desperately want to play the Community Shield? <laughs> I mean, I wanted us to play the Community Shield. Like, it's different for us. We should have. Well, it's like them. Wembley, right? Exactly. Wembley, it's, you know, it's. Uh, no, no. It just, like, it, it feels like, it feels like, because I think what you're talking about, Joe, is the UEFA Super Cup. Well, I think. If we had won Europa League, we would have played in the Super Cup. Well, yeah, but yeah. I guess in this case. We're the only, I guess it's, it would be us or United, the only two other English teams to have actually won a trophy last year. Yes. Oh, I understand what you're saying. And Arsenal just got in for so, for almost winning a trophy. Yeah. There's I, been I, so much conversation about oh second places in the Community Shield. That's happened like most of the last five years. Winning, like, it's yeah, weird. it doesn't matter. Like it, I think City's lost the last three Community Shields. Yeah. I think they've done okay. They've done pretty yeah. okay since then. Um, yeah, I I feel like the Arsenal thing, I don't know. I, I'm a little... I don't think they have the goals in this team. That's what I think. Like, they had a really, really hot goal-scoring season last year as a team. Um, I think Declan Rice, obviously, is a much better player than Granit Xhaka. But Xhaka gave them goals. Like, I don't think Rice is going to give them goals. And not not to that degree. He's just never been that type of player which is fine like you're not buying him to be that but you lost yeah. goals from Shaka, which i think i don't know what, what did he even have last year he must have had like 10 goals or something every um, single one of them was ridiculous i mean the, yeah. the way that martinelli outperformed yeah, he, i think he had like he had like 15 nonsense. goals right i think his xg was like nine um Saka, silly amount yeah Saka is probably like the one guy who like i kind of buy just being close to the same like i, I don't think they're i'm Outward not that was yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not that worried about his output. Um, but like, I don't think Jesus is what Jesus is. He'll have like these three week stretches where you're like, "Is this the greatest striker in the league?" <laughs> and then he'll just forget not to, like how to score for two months. Um, that's just the player he is. Like, he's really useful for them in build up and all that type of stuff, and he's very, very good on the ball. But like, his actual goal scoring has pretty much consistently been like not at an elite level, not even really close to an elite level for a striker, which is specifically why Guardiola was like, okay, dude, yeah, you can go to Arsenal. Have fun over there. Um, and like the Havertz, the, the Kai Havertz thing is ridiculous. Can we just like, this is the <laughs> transfer. I know this is like a segment we're doing later. This is the stupidest transfer of the summer. Like this is actually the dumbest transfer of the summer because if you're going to pay 65 million pounds, like you could just get Hoyland, who's like an actual striker. Like, just get a fucking striker then. If you're gonna ha- if you're gonna pay this crazy amount of money, go get an actual striker instead of this guy who has been like playing striker, but is not good at playing striker and was so not good at it that Chelsea was like, 
desperate to sell him basically and get his wages off their books and all their fans were happy about it and it's like like to me there's a difference between they seem actually bitter about like mason mount to a degree their fan base and whatever but like the the Havertz thing they don't care they're happy about it and like i think when a fan base is genuinely happy but like there's a difference between being happy and being bitter and when a fan base is happy about it i think you should listen to them because they watch that team all the time this is like um you know i'm trying to like this is like honestly this is like when united sold lukaku and i was like so happy about it People were like, I was so happy, and people were like, oh, he was just terrible United because they don't know what they're doing. And I'm like, look, United cannot know what they're doing, and he can still not be a 75 million pound striker, which he was not. Like, he just wasn't worth that. Um, and, I mean, look, I think time has shown that to be the case, at least in England. Well, I mean, I have a, I have a question for you, though. Do, do skedettos, they don't matter anymore to you? What's up? The Scudetto doesn't matter anymore to you? No, it does not matter to me, no. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm good. I'm good on the Scudetto. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, but like, no, I, I just think, I, I think the Havertz thing is a stupid transfer and it's like mind boggling to be honest, because Rice walks into the team, has a position, upgrades them, make, makes complete sense. Like it just made sense for them to do it. Uh, Timber, like, I think they've tweaked their tactical approach a little bit to, to fit him in, but they had a clear vision to get him. He was obviously, he's spectacular. yeah, he's a really good player. Like, I think it just make, it makes sense. Those signings make sense to me. Havertz honestly just feels like this is a guy who Arteta likes and they were like, fine, we'll just fucking get you this guy that you like. Like, it, this does not feel like the same. The Rice one and Timber, those feel like very, very long-term targets type of like clear, cohesive vision, how they fit in, all that type of stuff. The Havertz one just felt like, oh, wow, he's available. I really like him. Let's go get him. That's what if, I, I don't know. I, I think this is just a stupid transfer and to bring it back to, you know, are they title contenders? Like, if Havertz was a... If I believed Havertz could give him 15 goals, I would probably say yes. But I don't think he can. And, like, I expect Martinelli not to score as much. I don't think they're going to get the goals from midfield they got last year. Um, I think they, they ran pretty hot on set pieces, if I remember correctly. Like, you can probably expect them to be closer to what their XG is on set pieces instead of running over. But, like, I don't know. I just... To me, I just feel like this is... They're 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 probably one more window away instead of quite being there now. And the other thing is they didn't make any cup runs last year. Like yeah, you would you would expect them to make a cup run at some like in one of these cups this year. And and let's be real, like it was one thing to lose in Europa, whatever it was, the round of th- they lost in the first knockout stage. Yeah. That's fine. You know, it doesn't really matter. The, the, that was not their priority. That can't happen in the Champions League. And like Obviously, the Champions League is a higher caliber competition and whatever. Um, I think, like, you know, I know Arteta won the Cup. his first, He won the FA Cup his first year. But, like, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't been that great in Europe with Arsenal when they've had the opportunities. He hasn't been that great in the Cups. I don't think they've really made a deep run in the Cups after that, after that, after his initial kind of victory in it. I just wonder, like, you know, does he really have the wherewithal to challenge in the league and challenge on other fronts? Uh, and really manage a squad that he didn't have to do last year. Like, he didn't have to manage a squad. And you compare that to United, who, like, do I think our squad is as good as Arsenal's? No, I don't, actually, right now. Um, But I think Ten Hag is way more... I mean, he showed it. Like, we went way beyond what we probably should have... What was probably even healthy for our squad in all the competitions last year. Like, we we won the Carabao Cup. 
went to the finals of the FA Cup, and we got to the semifinals of the Europa League. Like, that's a lot of fucking games, man. Like, mm-hmm. and obviously you play every match in the league. So the fact that we finished third, won the Carabao, you know, I, I just think I don't know that Arteta is capable of managing that yet. So that's another just kind of like it's possible he is. I could be totally off on this, but I don't know it yet. And I do think that's something to to consider. My thing about Kai Havertz is that they bought him for sixty five million and they bought him to be a player that he's not. And Arteta's kind of projecting him into like some profile that he hasn't proven to belong in in like the last what three years he's been at Chelsea. And I, I definitely like see what you're saying, Schwinn. Like like four months after this guy scored the game the Champions League final winning goal, Chelsea fans already wanted him dead. It was like October of the next year <laughs> and they were done with him. So that that is a huge red flag. But the biggest red flag to me is just that it's not that you're buying him to be a player that he's not. It's that you're buying a guy who nobody's really sure of what he is. Also true. Also what true. is he? I guess Arteta has a vision of who he could be. Yeah, his bio and his, his mad genius is going <laughs> to lead him down a $65 million dud, potentially. But we'll see. Um, yeah, this is I like... Mean, this is like Alec Burke starting a point guard. <laughs> oh. I feel like it's every episode, just a random basketball name comes up every single time. Alec Burks, this is your episode. Arteta is, is Premier League coach Tibbs. <laughs> I can't stand I really can't stand Arteta. Like, ugh, just When he was on, what, what game was it last year? They, um, I think that they won away. They scored late. Or they almost... Uh, it was, no, it was away. It was away. Was it Villa? And he Maybe was on the touchline. He was on the touchline yelling at the referee about the added time, <laughs> pointing at his wrist and all this stuff. He thinks he's a showman. Like, he just, he just looked like a he's, prick. He's got to be like Pep in every single way possible. But the thing is, Pep doesn't like – it's It's just different. Like, I don't I don't really know how to explain it, but I don't, I don't think Pep – it's like every goal he celebrates like they just won the Champions League. It's like, dude, <laughs> fucking relax. Like, it was like the, the Community Shield last week. He's going absolutely nuts when they level. And it's like, dude, I, I get like uh, this is a really big fucking match for you or something. But can you calm down? <laughs> like, it's not even September yet. How do you think it's animated, but it never feels out of proportion. I recently, for whatever reason, was watching the highlights from when Liverpool beat them 3-1 the year that Liverpool won the title. And you remember the handball in the box and Fabinho came down the other side and scored. Yeah, yeah. And then later in the game, there was another handball and Pep just like pointing the number two in the air, just kept yelling two times yeah, yeah. over and over. <laughs> like at least that's in the game of real magnitude. Arteta's yeah. doing this at Villa away. Yeah, he's just February. he's just too much. Like I just, I don't know. I, I, I also like, look, they have the talent to, to potentially win the title, but like, I don't know. I I just don't really see like City. How many points? They City didn't even have like one of their like epic point hall titles last year. Like it was rather pedestrian for them. Like I, I expect them to be better this year. Um, although I am a little worried about like their team is starting to feel a little bit old, which is and kind of why there. I do think yeah, which I do think is why their signings have been geared towards younger players. But like. I don't know the the attacking wings are like 
you know, you, Mares is gone. Obviously, Sterling left last summer, which Silva like could I go. Sorry, say it again. Silva could go. Yeah, no, Silva no. could go. I think he's gonna stand out. Seems like he is, but I mean, he's not really a winger anymore. Like he. He just, I've always liked him better down the middle. Yeah, and he just seems to drift. I mean, he always drifted inside anyway, but like he plays more like a midfielder now than a winger. Um, I don't know. I'm. It's a little weird for me. Like, I I still think they just like you know with having Holland and you expect him to even maybe be better this year. Um, I think Guardiola adds a lot to them, just like their build up play, which is already obviously probably the best in the league, but even better now it should be. Um, but I do, you know, I, Alvarez, like, can they get more out of him? Maybe that's kind of like the next thing for Pep to figure out and tinker with. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. This feels like kind of a big season for Foden because he's, yeah. he's kind of just been hanging out and like not really driving success. And like, can we be real? Like it's to me, it's like a big season for Grillish too. Like I'm happy for him, I guess that like he was on this team that won everything last year, but like, I'm sorry. Like he's a hundred million pound player. Can we fucking have a serious conversation about like his output? Because like yeah, you, there you, needs to be output. It's like, eleven on. goals and thirteen assists and like hundred appearances. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. Like I, I understand that. Like oh, but like you don't see like he adds this thing and he fucking he draws all these fouls. But and, like, he's able to do that because players like Mares were there and Gundogan were there yeah. picking up the slack. Both these guys are gone now. And I talked last summer about how I thought that I was concerned about the city's wing options. And I, I said they would be fine. They went to Treb Bryant. I guess I saw that coming. Who didn't, I guess. But I was like, they lost so much athleticism and pace on the wings. Like, what are they going to do? And then they did whatever it is that they do. But then now you get rid of Mares. 28 goal contributions last year. It's like you can't just let that walk out the door and not do anything about it. And Elise is great. And if they sign Elise, that's cool. But he scored two goals last year. Yeah, and one of them was a set piece against United. Fucking awesome. And um, was the other one against? Us? Oh, the other one was the huge deflected <laughs> goal to win in like the ninety fifth minute. Oh, oh god. god! But but yeah, like I no, I, I think Olise is one of these guys, right? Like he's a great talent, and if you only watch him when he plays your team, you're probably like, man, this guy's so dangerous and threatening all the time. But if you watch him every week, you might be like, yeah, he's really dangerous and threatening and. Really he had eleven use... assists to be. Fair. Yeah, he did have eleven assists, but you're like, you know, it's it's just it's it's tough. Like, do they need more assists? Do they need more service for Holland? I feel like that's. I don't know how much more service Holland could possibly fucking get. <laughs> He'll be all right. Yeah, like I, I just I don't know if they need more creation or if they need more. I, to me, it feels like they need more actual finishers, because um, they've lost a lot of finishers, like Sterling. You know, I've never thought he's the greatest creative player. I think he's he's always been really, really good at his movement and getting into finishing positions, which is also why, mm-hmm. like, he's not a great finisher. So people are like, oh, my God, he misses, like, so many chances. It's like, yeah, but he's also getting into positions that, like, nobody else is getting into. He causes all the, so many Yeah, all the time. So, like, he gave you goals. Mares obviously gave you goals. I mean, we don't even talk about this because he's been gone now for two or three years, but Sané gave them goals. Sané was a productive player. Sané yeah, like they so like I agree. Like I, I don't know. I, I still think City probably is the favorite, but I do I kinda wonder if like I don't know that either City or Arsenal they are the two best teams, I feel like. But neither of these teams feels like they have so many goals in them that they're just gonna run away from everybody. If there was one, I would say City, just because like 
Holland by himself maybe can give you like a 45 goal season or something insane like that. But even with that, I'm like, okay, so let's just say you need another 40 goals. Do you see another 40 goals in the city team? Let's say De Bruyne gives you 10, 30 goals. I don't know. Like another 30 goals from that team is, I don't know where you're getting it. Cause like you said, Gundogan's gone. He was a good goal scorer for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like obviously Mara's gone. You said that he had 28 goal contributions last year. That's really good. News to me. Yeah, it's yeah. all comps, but right. Still. But still, I mean, they yeah, it's just <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just they, interesting. they won the treble, so that right. was clearly important. Yeah, they... yeah. Like what? And Foden, I don't know. Foden's such a weird player because I feel like two years ago I was like, oh, I guess he's like here now. We've been and waiting then, for him to explode for three or yeah. four years. Now. This is his first year of like actually having responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's never known responsibility his whole life. Even when they didn't him in Greenwood, not yes. Greenwood, number eleven yes. from Manchester United, get caught doing some <laughs> messed up stuff when they were. Well, on they, I mean, they just together. got caught. To be fair, like that. In well, that I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't remember what it was. Really. No, in that instance, out. I think like they were with the English team in like fucking Iceland or some shit like that, and they broke curfew and like <laughs> basically were partying with like these Instagram models or something, which is like yeah. all right, like. And Mason Greenwood never did anything wrong again. <laughs> End of story. He learned his lesson. Yeah. Really just a he good guy. Up. Really good guy. Oh, Christ, man. But oh, man. so then where does that leave the top four or the top six? Well, I mean, Champions League places might be the top five, depending on how the UEFA competitions go. Isn't it depends. top five? I think that it depends on coefficient and how the teams perform in Europe. Like, so if last year this rule was in effect, it would have been five in England, and I want to say an extra one in the Netherlands. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I mean but, England. I mean, it's yeah. the best league in the world. Like, it's really not yeah, close. It's going to be point. five in England. Yeah, it should be five. Um, is that because I, of us? We'll it drop is. down to the conference and we'll go deep. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like between Europa. And I mean, who are the Europa teams this year? It's obviously it's you guys, Brighton, Liverpool, and Liverpool. Brighton and Liverpool. Like Liverpool could easily win that. One um, of the three probably will. I think Brighton I think could. Klopp hates the Europa League though. Can't Klopp, stand it. Klopp hates everything that's not the Premier League and Champions League. He hates yeah. those too. He just hates when his team plays. <laughs> he, he can't stand it. Dude. To be fair, neither I, I can't stand it either. <laughs> you told me earlier today that you wouldn't watch. Uh, a game if we play with Ward Prowse and Alvarez and I'm in the back. I, I was like, I stand by that. Yes, you will, and you will love it. I will complain the entire time and watch 38 times 90 minutes. <laughs> You'll complain, and then we'll win two in a row, and then you'll be like, this, this, this is it. Moyes is back. I mean, I'm already saying Moyes is back just because we're linked with Maguire. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say, I don't know, Liverpool. It's pretty interesting. Like, I didn't really like their transfers, but I also, I guess they're just going for, like, we're just going to try to score a fuck ton of goals, and, like, we're okay conceding a fuck ton of goals because we think that'll at least get us top four. That's, That's what my thing with them is, like, with Lavia, I rate Lavia, and Andre, who they're chasing in Brazil, too, seems like a serious talent. <laughs> but if you really want to play, I'm not going to try to pronounce Soza Bly's name. That's the one time we'll try to do it. But if you SpongeBob. want to play him, SpongeBob, if you want to play him and um, McAllister in midfield together, the six that you have, it's got to be like a Casemiro or a Rice or somebody of that standard. Lavia at 19 is not going to step in there 
and just be able to handle all that space by himself with those two. And also, like, Fabinho is still there, which is no, no, he is. It's not been confirmed yet. That's crazy. I thought they, I thought they said he could bring his dogs. So yeah, no, it was never the dog thing. Apparently, that was like a bullshit story. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, the, I, so I don't know. Any, even if he's there, it doesn't matter to me. Like, he's absolutely cooked. Like, I couldn't believe watching him yeah, last it's, year. It's crazy. It's like, I mean, for years, low key. They still round out my top four though with the other three: the City, Arsenal, United, in that order. Yeah, I, I didn't think for a second. I was. I remember. I don't know which Arsenal game I was watching. It was either when they played Monaco. Or when they played um, City, and I was like, you know, United can finish above this team, but I think, I think it's still, I think Arsenal will still come in second. Yeah, I, I would feel better if, um, if Hoyland was one healthy and two, if we'd gotten him in earlier in the summer, I think mm-hmm. then maybe we'd have a chance. But I still, I'm just not sure we have the goals to really like push for a top two title spot or something. Like I just don't, I don't know, like. Rashford had 30 goals last year. And aside from that, I mean, yeah. Bruno did not have a good goal-scoring season. He created a shit ton of chances. He didn't have a great goal-scoring season. Um, Greenwood is obviously, who knows if he's going to play or not. Um, you know, I would prefer that he didn't. That'd be fantastic. But yeah. even if he get, even if they bring him back, I just can't see him contributing. Yeah, he's not going to come back and be like a 10 of 10. Yeah, so I don't see that being a productive thing. I mean, honestly, this to me is just like you're betting or you're putting a lot of pressure right now um, on Anthony, which is fair enough. Like they paid 80, like you paid 86 million pounds for him. Like he should have pressure on him to deliver in his second season. Um, And Sancho, who like, you know, this is his third season at United. He's had some shit go on and obviously he had to get his mental right last year and whatever. Like I'm sympathetic to that, but he's had a good preseason. Very good. Um, Like. He looks like he's moving better. You need him to chip in goals because aside from that, your attack is then it's like, what, Garnacho, Who, I think he's going to be really good, but he's fucking 18, 19 years old. I'm not, like, expecting him to come in and be like, hey, by the way, we need you to score 13 goals this year for us. Like, no pressure, kid. Um, and then, what, Pelistri, maybe? Or Ahmad? Like, these guys, like, you just can't depend on these guys to bring in goals. So even if I think... Let's say Rashford is more like a 22, 23 goal guy, but Bruno comes back to what you'd expect, and Hoyland gives you like 10, 15 goals. Like, I still don't see where the rest of the goals are coming from in this team to really push for the top. So, to me, I think we're still, I think United is still a year away from really contending. I do think we're a lot more dangerous as a Champions League team, but like mm-hmm. in the Premier League, I, I can't see us really winning over 38 games. It's just, I don't think we have the the horses for that race. I just feel like <clears throat> I obviously I like rate United highly and all that, but I think that the difference between United and then Arsenal and City, whereas those teams can kind of just like choke teams out that are not as good as them, and they can do that like week by week by week. And United, it doesn't feel like they have like as much control in possession and like solidity in like that like center back. Like on the flanks, especially like you know their fullbacks are one v one erasers, and that like is just what gets you wins in the league week after week after week. Whereas like United, like they're awesome in transition, but like they're pretty reliant on like playing in transition with like you know Bruno playing 
you know, bolster Rashford and whatever. And, you know, who, who knows what they look like second year under Ten Hag, but I feel like that's the gap right now between Arsenal and, and City versus, like, United and then Liverpool and the rest. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we have the, the midfield to, like, control matches right now, um, which is what it is. We'll see. I think... I think we might get another midfielder in, thanks to thanks to some uh, funds that we might raise. Uh, Maybe, <laughs> but You're like, <laughs> but, <to> help. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I I just think we're more likely a year away. I'm fine with that. I didn't expect us to be contending for a Premier League in the second season when Ten Hag arrived. Uh, but I will say, I'm kind of interested to see. I've been interested in some of our like build-up play in the preseason because it's very, very different from stuff we were doing last year. It seems to be like a yeah. I wanted months. to talk about that actually because yeah. I I really don't think that people understand how much Onana is going to transform. This oh thing. yeah. Because yeah. not only are you getting rid of someone who is just not capable of playing the way that a modern goalkeeper needs to be able to play, but you're bringing in maybe not the best in the world at it. But certainly the most ballsy in the world. I would say like, best, honestly. He's, I mean, he's he's crazy. I mean, I'm a huge Andre Onana fan, but the things he does, I, I would have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, even in preseason, I'm like, did, yeah, like you're, okay, I guess, I guess that's your thing. I mean, we've already seen they scored it like he gave up. I mean, I don't really know what to do with that, though. It's like, oh, well, he was so out of position, but I'm like, are we sure he was out of position, or is that exactly where Ten Hag wants him? It's also just like him. I think that people underestimate—not underestimate to use that word—but like people don't like to understand that this is the risk that you take with goalkeepers like this, and it's yeah. a risk that all the best teams in the world have to make. You can go back through Ederson's catalog of just horrendous mistakes that have led to goals. Allison, I mean, witness one. Yeah, yeah I mean, Allison is to me the mistakes are even worse than Allison. He's a better goalkeeper than Allison, but. He's so soft. Um, but this is the risk that these teams take. And they're willing to give up three, four, even five goals a season because their goalkeeper is trying to be expansive if they think it gives them better control of games over the long And, I mean, he was doing this in the Champions League final. Like, it's not like this is some yeah. unproven, like, we'll see how he does. Like, he got them to the Champions League final. Like, they did not have the midfield for that, and he was – Basically, the substitution. Nico Barella is a good player, man. But, dude, we're talking about the Champions League final. Like, yeah, if they won, he would have been the man of the match, honestly. Oh, he was, he was amazing. I had said it then. But, yeah, I mean, I think he adds a lot. Um, I just think we have a lot, like, I'm not really worried about our back line at all. Like, between Onana, Shaw, Lissandro, like, I know the right side is shakier, and we'll see. Like, I kind of Juan Bissaka is the weirdest player because I don't. Obviously, his passing isn't great, but he's actually really good at carrying the ball. Like, it's actually like yeah. really, really good at it. Varane isn't the best, but he's not like bad. Like, he's not like this isn't like Smalling, right? It's not like you're playing a fucking oil tanker back there or something. Um, but yeah, like the midfield to me is just I don't I don't see it. Erickson. Even by the end of the second half of last year, he was not like he just got he was gassed. You could tell. Uh, Fred is gone. Probably, I would. I mean, I think Van de Beek will go too. Not that Van de Beek ever did anything. 
Um, yeah, he wasn't really a part of the squad. <laughs> yeah, just he was just there. Um, Casemiro, obviously, really, really good at breaking a play, and but he's like he's such a funny player because he's like you can just tell he played at Madrid for so long because every time he gets the ball and he has a chance to pass forward, he's always trying to play some like fucking pass over the top to some somebody on the wing, and I'm like. I'm like, I get, like, obviously that's fine. We have Rashford, but I'm like, look, I, it would be nice if sometimes we could just, like, I don't know. Settle it down. Yeah, just keep the ball a little bit. Uh, by the way, the only top team in the world that, like, plays without a keeper that's comfortable with the ball at their feet is Real, which is hilarious. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I would say that United, somewhere third or fourth, I'm fine with that. Third or fourth. If they can, if we can get to like a Champions League quarterfinal, I would be happy with that season. I think that would show genuine progression, and uh, yeah, like I think you then you're you're setting yourself up to like, hey, if we have a good summer next year, now we can actually be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then that leaves the next tier of teams. We'll call them after those four. Who? Are- Honestly, if you ask me today, those four nailed on for top four. Just because these other teams all seem too flawed. You go after them, you think about Chelsea after them, thinking about Spurs, thinking about Newcastle, who I think we should all be. They were so lucky last year at Newcastle. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then Brighton, I'll throw in that group too. I'm going to leave out Villa because I just flat out don't respect them. I, um, I'm going to throw, throw something out there. I, I, don't lo- I don't love the Spurs squad, obviously. They don't have Europe, so they're only playing Premier League. They're only playing domestic matches. I think Kane is staying. I think yeah, Kane, that's the big thing for them. If yeah. Kane stays, they have a real. Shot I think Kane stays. I think Big Ange uh, has a vision. I like his vision. I think they, they're going to play a lot better. I don't know. It'll be that, pretty. Yeah, I don't know that the midfield they have is creative enough. I think they're a contender for top four. I'll just like I do think not having Europe is a big deal. We've seen this over the years, right? Like yeah. teams like these top teams, right? That's a big six. Let's call them. Chelsea won the league because they right. didn't have Europe. Chelsea won the league. Arsenal's benefited from not playing in Europe before. Spurs have benefited from it. Chelsea's benefited from not playing in Europe a few times, by the way. Like it's not just and they will again. Yeah, yeah they probably will again. Um, like it's an advantage, and it's it's. I would rather not again if it if your primary goal is like top four, I would rather not be in Europa than be in it. Like I would rather not have any European competition than be in it. So I, I think I for mean, them, yeah. like not being in conference league and not being in Europa is a big deal. And it's a big deal as a benefit. And I'll, I would also say, like, I know Joe's favorite player, San, uh, he had a terrible year last oh. year. Yeah. I just don't think he's going to have another terrible year. Like, I'd be pretty surprised by that. Unless he's just in decline, which maybe that's possible. He's 30-something, right? So, like, it's possible. But, like, I don't know. Kane, to me, is going to do whatever Kane does. Like, he's just proven at this point. There's not You don't have to worry about it. I think San has a better year. I don't think it's possible for Richarlison not to have a better year. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, we talk about having goals and teams. They have like, goals. They, you, you need goals. Kane... Son, James Madison, yep. he brings goals. Whatever you want to say about him, he's scored 10 Premier League goals probably yeah. the last three seasons from the number 10 position. I like Kulishevsky. Yeah. With Charleston, I thought was a great signing for a Conte team. It just blew up in their face. I couldn't be more happy about that. 
Um, Kulisevsky can contribute. I hate the Manor Solomon signing. I don't buy him in the slightest. I think he's and I I like the I like the back the fullback they bought in January last year, Pedro Porro. Like he's I don't know about how he's not this team is not going to be good defensively, which is kind of funny to think about. Yeah. Um, but like he's a good attacking fullback, which they really haven't had since like Walker and Rose were running the show back there. Um, like I think that's a big deal. I don't know anything about this Dutch center back they brought in, but apparently he's pretty highly rated. Um, I've never heard his name before. Van de Ven? Van de Ven? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. M- I saw Mickey somebody Van say that. It, I saw somebody say that they hope he's a flop because then we could start calling him can't defend. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is They're good. calling him Mickey can't defend. Yeah. His name is, is Mickey. It's already there. Dude. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> um, but like, I, I, the, the, I is not going to be worse this year. He was awful last year. He's way better than what he showed. Um, I think that they're going to get Benton core back at some point. I don't know when, uh, but I, I love him. I think he's such he, a good he's player. He's their one midfielder who I can respect. Yeah, he's so good. And, but, like, I don't know. I, weren't they trying to sell Hoiberg earlier this summer, but, like, now he's staying? I don't really get what's going on there. But the midfield is weak, which is why – it's why their matches, a lot of their matches tend to be, like, very, like, basketball-y and – they just get like into these up and down games, but that they kind don't of, control games. Yeah, that kind that kind of suits their attacking talent in a way. So I don't know. I I I agree. I think like United, Liverpool are better squads, but I I could see Spurs like you know you just get a hot goal scoring season from the right people and Kane and it will again he'll be twenty plus goals probably some something close to ten assists. You know you can be in the mix. They they could be in the mix. I I guess I buy your point that they might, you know, because they don't have Europe and all the teams in front of them do have Europe. That's like definitely an advantage for them, but I don't know. They just don't have they don't have nearly the quality that either Liverpool or United have, like straight up. I don't think that they can touch either of those teams. And then the next tier is like Newcastle and Brighton, right? Yes, yeah, Newcastle and Brighton. Um I just and we can talk about that much if we want to talk about um, We could talk about them when we get into like the relegation segment. The relegation but, uh, battle, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think that Newcastle, they're just so much more solid defensively. I mean, you look at – there's a bunch of children in, in the room at Tottenham. We talk about <laughs> Romero and – Oliver Skip. <laughs> literally a child, an Oliver Skip. I, I saw somebody um, say Oliver Skip might be the only virgin in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, even Poro, and they, they they brought in uh, a left back too, which I, I don't know who that is either. A dogie? Did they bring him in, or is he coming through the academy? I think he's coming through the academy. No, they bought him last year, right? And then like Conte just didn't play. Oh, him yeah. I mean, they bought Judd Spence last year too. I haven't yeah. seen that person in years. He played. Just doesn't exist anymore. I, yeah, he was in like Ren last year. I don't really get. The Newcastle summer, like I like Livermento. That's the one signing where I'm like, okay, that that's good. Like he's really good. I wanted him at United like a couple years ago. He tore his ACL, but assuming his ACL like recovery is fine, I think it's a really good addition for them. Um, but like Harvey Barnes, okay, like Barnes makes sense because they bought Anthony Gordon for no reason. He stinks. <laughs> he's a horrendous footballer who had proven nothing. To go for forty million pounds, he was being linked with eighty million pounds. Like, what? What has he done that these, warrants these are, spending money on him? 
So these, their entire summer to me just feels like this is another one where, you know, we talked about Havertz was probably like an Arteta thing. This entire Newcastle window feels like Eddie Howe has way too yeah. much say. Like yeah. way, yeah. like like Tonali. They wanted to get a, a midfielder to free up um, Gimaraj, right? And like, which, yes, I agree that that makes sense. How does Tonali do that? That doesn't make any sense to me. They were linked with what I thought were better options. I can't remember them off the top of my head right now. I wish I could, but I just don't think that Tonali was the right move. And like people get into this whole he looks sad thing. At first, I didn't buy that, but with this whole Scamacca thing ending, these Italians don't want to play in England. Yeah, but then the paycheck comes. are like, all right, I guess I'll go to England then. Play for They're on sabbatical. Yeah, no, I mean... No, it's a concern, though. Like, I, I mean, I saw this at United. You see players that come because it's like, well, that's a fucking nice paycheck. I'll go there. Um, and that's fine if, like, your team is good. But when you need guys that to, like, when you need those dudes that you're signing to be the difference makers and not just, like, be squad members, there's a difference there. So if, I, I don't know. I just feel like Tonali's consistent. I just feel like a lot of these Italian internationals get really overrated because, we watched them at like Euro 2020 or something, and like we're like, oh my god, this entire team is amazing. Syria is back, and it's like, and how many of those guys have for either World Cup? On either yeah, and also like, how many of those guys have even fucking done anything at club level since then? You know, like Barella's probably the one guy you'd be like, okay, yeah, legit. Maybe, maybe Chiesa, but he's he. I mean, before he got hurt, right? Like he was actually legit good, but other than that, it's just not been a lot, and um, you know, like. Tonali is okay. I just don't. I I don't really get the hype with him. And then like I, I don't know. Like I mean, the rest of their that's it. That's their summer, right? Barnes, Tonali, and uh, and Livermento. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Is that really the summer that you're like? They, yep. they need to do more business, in my opinion. My my viewing of them is I don't love their summer at all. Actually, really don't like it. But I feel like they have enough. I feel like they have enough in the building to at least to do what? finish over Tottenham and Brighton and Chelsea. I like Brighton, Brighton, Brighton have a better manager. Yeah. Brighton have a better manager. Their signings are cohesive and make sense and fit their squad. I mean, like, Kudus is kind of a that's 22 because if you make him work, you have a serious player. But what is his best position? Does Brighton's system and the players that are already there, like, does he fit in his best position? And they, they get still need to to the right. Don't they still need to agree personal terms with Kudus? Yeah, that, that's if that's if Kudus even joins. Yeah. Um, but besides Kudus, I, I think Jao Pedro is hell of a sign. Mm-hmm. The few times I watch him, he always pops off the screen, and I think for them specifically, I think he suits them like T. Remember when we looked at uh, his like Sofa Score stats while he was in the championship, and he was just winning like casually winning like eighteen ground duels. Oh my god! Game. Yeah, it was insane. I actually remember we were looking at that. We were like, why Why is he even involved in this many ground duels game? It would be like 22 for 26. And it's like, what is he doing out there, dude? Exactly. Like, what do these games even look like? They're not even winning these games, and he's just going one on 11. But that's besides the point. Um, I mean, like, Brighton are, bringing, are having a much better summer than Newcastle. But they are getting rid of Caicedo. They did get rid of Are the they? Alistair. I think, what if they're just, like, racist and they're like, we're not letting you leave? That's the one time racism, racism. Actually, I was gonna say it's the one time racism has ever been in, 
anybody, but it's benefited people before. <laughs> but this would be another example of racism benefiting them. If they can keep Casado in the building with these signings, they're going to be really damn no, good. Yeah, I, they're, I just think they just, they just know what they're doing. Deserby is like crazy, but in the best way possible. Um, yeah. Even like, look, I think James Milner sucks, and he's like 57 years old. But Milner and Afree is smart. It's just like, hey. They have to we, fill out the squad. Yeah, and not just that. Like, he's, he's a good pro. He's one of these guys where it's like, even if he never, if he only is going to play, like, 10 minutes here and there, you know he's going to, like, train hard. He's going to be in the building. He's going to be in fucking top shape, all that type of stuff. I think that's, just like, a good signing in that sense. I like them getting Jao Pedro. I think he's a – I, like, liked him when he was in the Premier League. I think he's, like, a fun player. He's got really, really good talent. Um, Dahoud on a free is like another, Hey, we want to compete for Europe. We're, <laughs> we're in Europe. Right. So you bring in a player with European experience. Like I just, this all makes sense. I don't really care about them losing McAllister. I, I he's a good no. player. He's a good player, but I don't think he really matters to them. And they'd already replaced him kind of, or like angling to replace him. Who's that guy that they came, that came up last year and just scored like 15 bangers to close the season. And so, yeah, he's, He's he he's gonna slot right in there, right? They're fine. I was just I, gonna say, who who are they gonna spawn this year? Am I right? right. I, I can't to stand that Pouche joke. Is like a perfect replacement for McAllister. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the other one, like like Sanchez, right? He goes to Chelsea. They'd already replaced him last year. He was like already out of the team. Yeah. So they're just they're fine. Like I I think they still have money to spend too. Yeah, I I mean honestly, we're talking about top four. Like if they can get a couple of players in and they're the right guys like i wouldn't sleep on them for top four like they're really outside of the big six they're definitely the biggest threat yeah and also like i will say though losing colwell is a loss for them that's a Mm -hmm. a really meaningful loss and that's the one thing that like i would like to see them buy a center back but we know that left-footed center half is like base it's it's like right it's the it's the uh left-footed right winger of defensive positions Mm-hmm. it's really really hard to find those good ones and the ones that you can find are usually pretty expensive so maybe they'll find somebody in fucking south america who has like a yeah, two million euro release clause that they'll trigger or something if any scouting department can do it and they're in the market i've seen their fans talking about like i saw one of them be like i don't even care that we missed out on Colwell. like we have alternatives i was like okay settle like, down yeah like, like wait, wait like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but also like who are your alternatives? Tell me right now. Yeah, he, he didn't mention any. I was like, can you say a name? I need to pass this information I don't, along. I don't I don't believe you should format that in an email to David Moyes right now. David Moyes would see a name with a fucking I was gonna say with an uh accent over the A, but David Moyes just signed a player with an accent over the A, so we might be back. That's true. He's given up on his old ways, but he's making up for it at double time with this. McTominay, McGuire, oh, James Ward Prowse, <laughs> triple bid, triple bid. I saw I saw this tweet and I was actually thinking about this. I want to run it. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. I saw a United fan that I follow. He's tweeting about this and he was saying like, "Look, I don't think McTominay is ever going to be good at United because." But he was like, he plays better for Scotland because when he goes to Scotland, he's like, the big shit, right? He's he plays at Manchester United. He's kind of like the big deal, right? So he's not deferring to anybody. He doesn't like feel like he's inferior to anybody. But at United, it's like, okay, you know, he comes in. He knows he's not as good as Rashford, Casemiro, like whatever, right? There's like 
10 fucking guys I could name. Um, and what he was saying is like, look, like, I don't think United are going to sell him, but they should because I don't like, I get you need the numbers. Um, but like, you know, just get the money. But he's also saying like, I think it's, it would actually be a good signing for West Ham because I think he would actually play well at West Ham because he would go in there and he'd be like, okay, I'm fucking better than Suchek. Like, like I'm, I'm better than this guy. And, you know, obviously Paqueta's really good, but Paqueta's not a name yet. You know what I mean? He's not Casemiro, right? Like, he doesn't have, like, this fucking... He he's can't not just, like starstruck. Yeah, you can't just, like, point to his resume and be like, yeah, like, I don't care what you're saying to me because I've won five fucking Champions League, pal. Like, I played at Real Madrid. Like, it's he doesn't have that gravitas yet. Um, Obviously, I mean, and this is not a knock on the players of West Ham, a bunch of them who I like, but, like, you don't have those high star guys that you would feel inferior to do you think that's bullshit or do you think there's actually something to do that so so he's just insecure is what we're saying basically potentially i i don't i mean i've only <laughs> seen him for i've only seen him for united i've seen him a little bit at scotland but like i don't i'm not look man i'm not sitting around crunching scotland international tape like yeah. just not gonna do that um, the, the two things i would say yourself. is that david moyes has Signed an insecure Manchester United player before and made it work. But That's true. bigger than that is that I think that I, – I do think that McTominay is a good player. I don't hate him at the $30 million price point. In some ways, I prefer him to work out for them other times. And, like, well, work out can take a pretty damn good free kick. I'm not that <laughs> crazy about either of them. But McTominay has a lot of qualities that would suit us really well. My biggest concern with him is at least when I watch him, he doesn't use his frame that well out of possession – to actually yeah, win yep, the ball yep. back and like be a difference maker on that side of the ball. But you know, he's pressure system, he can run with the ball. And he's just kind of a midfielder that you can trust. He'd be an upgrade on Suchek for sure. But I'm not on my hands and knees. Like I hope the combinate is the one. I would just kinda accept it and get on with my life. The thing that's so weird with McTominay is like he's just a lot better once he's going forward. He's terrible at taking the ball off the center backs and playing the ball forward and progressing it, which I, I guess that's like, a concern for me. Yeah. Like that's, that's yeah. Safe. Right. And, and so Alvarez to me, can play, but he's safe. Right. So to me, it's like, I could see him if, if you sold Suchek, I think I would like that a lot more Then I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, I can kind of see this, how this works out. But I mean, Suchek actually does shit defensively too. Doesn't he like, he's better. He's nothing better defensive than McTominay is. I'm sure. Yeah, no, he is. But there, there was a good, 28 month stretch there where it was just people just walking by. Yeah, but, but the last Joe, few months of last year, he was getting stuck in. Joe's Joe's a huge Suchek fan. Yeah, I kind of had a phase there at the, the end of last season where I was like, this guy is like actually doing stuff. And I was like, <laughs> like kind of making stuff up in my head, but also like kind of just idealizing Suchek. Like, oh, he's like, you know, he's an amazing box defender and stuff like that. <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> He is. I mean, no, no. Set pieces. No, he. You had a very specific thing where you were like, oh, the Liverpool thing. The Liverpool thing. Liverpool. I. I'm gonna say it on the podcast. Liverpool should buy (laughs) Suchek and let him just like operate in the space where Trent leaves. You seen that video of those dudes like covered in dirt and people are like, this is what a man's job is. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of machine that Suchek is operating. <laughs> ah, exactly. You're going to put that in Liverpool's midfield? 
Yes, they need it. They need it. They need it. They needed it last year when they had those pretty boys that are in Saudi Arabia right now. Jordan what, what would you describe their midfield as now? Awful. They're pretty boys. They're, they're at least a, like you know young and spry, and See, I, I, I just, can trust them to run a little so bit. The, so like the only guy that runs that midfield is Sabzalai, and like he's an attacking midfielder, so. His running is still useful, obviously, like especially given how how much they want to press. But like Mac Allister is not some pressing monster. Fabinho, we talked about, can't move. Tiago, the ten games he's going to play will not move very much. Like I don't know, this midfield to me is very very dicey, and it feels like this feels a lot like when Klopp first got there, and it was just like, yeah, we'll try to win four three every week and see what yeah. fucking happens. Um, well, I'm- my like no troll like criticism of Liverpool last year, especially, was that Trent just kept getting caught out in one v ones, in like on like the edge of his own box, and they would just other teams would just play one twos behind like around him because a he's not a good defender, and b they're leaving him in these one v one positions where he's just getting violated. So then that's where I came in. I was like, who's going to do that dirty work? Big Tommy Suchek. Big, but I'm sure they can find a, a different <laughs> midfielder to do that. No, he might be yeah. the only – he's like the only one in the world they can get. So that, uh, that's my bold prediction for Liverpool's midfield though this year is that I think Sosa is going to end up on the wing in some games by October and November because they're going to realize that they can't play like this and they're going to have to play in midfield. If they sign Lavia, it's going to be Lavia and Bajatic and then one of Sosa and McAllister. It's going to be Lavia and if they say Andre too. Oh, but like, they're going to have to be more This Curtis Jones thing is crazy. It is because I will <laughs> never acknowledge him. Whoa. Be nice. They were they were playing uh, – I think I even saw them play – tried like Carvalho in midfield at one point last year like it, it was their midfield is a disaster and now he's in Germany is he <laughs> yeah he's, he's rest easy brother Leipzig. they loaned him out or they sold him yeah he's at know. RB Leipzig okay um actually I do want to talk about uh another team in the same city in Liverpool Everton who oh, like we talk about wolves <laughs> a lot have you looked at their summer it's pathetic, dude. I, all, they did not was, to. all they did, this is the only two ins they have. Okay, you ready for it? Ashley Young on a free. Fire. The great Ashley Young. Manchester United legend, Ashley Young. <laughs> Premier League champion and oh, Serie A champion, Ashley Young. Um, oh, so and, now the skidetto is important. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's important when I want it to be important. And then they signed Dan Juma on loan. That's it. That's the only, And then the, their outs are hilarious, by the way. And Kunku out undisclosed fee ellis sims to coventry undisclosed fee something called ish samuel smith guess where he went guys <laughs> chelsea undisclosed fee lewis gibson plymouth on a free isaac price standard leads on a free tom davies Jeez. released asmir begovich qpr on a free yerry mina released andros townsend released stanley mills oxford loan harry tyrer chesterfield loan how long is his list lewis warrington plymouth loan they've done nothing they've literally done nothing and I don't understand it at all. Like we Can talk I about say, wolves a lot. Did you say Ish Smith is one of those players? <laughs> it, was, it, it was. Hold on. It was. No, there was a funny Ish Samuel's Smith. No joke. That's the name. Clyde he, Fraser is punching the air right now. He's he's the one that went to Chelsea for an undisclosed fee. Which is how the hell? Like 
did, did I, we have to do the Chelsea thing, by the way, because their list is probably gonna be will. ridiculous. But no, the, I'm like, I don't know. The Wolves one, I think everybody expects them to be in a relegation team, deservedly. I don't think we're talking enough about like Everton. Like, I don't. I understand their finances are kind of fucked, but this is terrible. Like, this is an awful window. They've done absolutely nothing. And now there's, like, rumors they might sell Onana because, like, there are obviously teams that are interested in him. And it's like, okay, I kind of understand, you know, maybe you sell him to raise money and then you use the money to buy XYZ guys. But, like, they're leaving it really late in the window. And uh, I'm worried for my boy, big, big Sean Dyche. Well, that's the thing. I think that's why people aren't worried. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you guys say no, nobody's talking about them. I wake up every morning. I think about Everton every day. <laughs> and you know what I think? I sit there and I think, man, I think our chance is gone. I think it's gone. I, th- I think that Sean Dyche is enough. And I wanted them to go down so bad these last few years. They have this stupid, goddamn ever-present record. They don't deserve it. They're a garbage club. I cannot stand Everton. But I think I think that we missed the boat. Yeah, I think Dice. Like that's it, right? It's just Dice. Like, because there's really nothing else about this team that you're like, oh no, I love this thing. Like, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I love Dominic Calvert Lewin. Like, four years ago or something, maybe. <laughs> like, like he's just ha- has he played in the last two years? I feel like I've he's never seen him play. Surprisingly, always yes. <laughs> and they're losing Damari Gray. Isn't he leaving too? He wants to. Yeah, leave, he's, going, he's gonna go to Fulham or Fulham are getting. Hudson Adoy and said, I have no idea what's going on. Dyche is only – They have Damari Gray dragging him around like he's Dimitri Payet. It's insane. (laughs) For one of their, like, key players to be like, I only want to play for Fulham next year. Like, yo, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, it's fine because you know what's going to happen is, like, Moyes is going to – or, sorry, Moyes. Dyche is going to go – he's just going to bring in, like, three fucking, like, skinhead dudes from Burnley – and they'll be awesome on set pieces, and they'll win, like, 42 points and stay up. Here's the other thing I don't understand, though, <laughs> about this, is they don't have money, allegedly, right? They bid £45 million pounds for Conor Gallagher on January 31st. <laughs> <laughs> this happened. It was rejected. So there's money there. What, what are they doing? Yeah, I, this is a really – I don't know. It's, like – it's a very weird summer. There's, like, these – there's a few – Everton fans I follow on Twitter randomly. And I, like every time I come across their tweets on my timeline, it's just like, uh, I hope our board fucking gets assassinated. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, this is this is really dark stuff. It's it's pretty dark. Um, it's so real. But no, I think I think yeah, it's you guys are right. It's One just, down, two to go. Yeah, it's just dice. It's just dice, right? It's like that's really the only reason to believe in this team. It's just like yeah. It'll, You'll have like a couple beers and figure it out tomorrow or something. And, and and it's that and the the bottom five or six of the of the Premier League is going to be so bad this year. It's well, one thing so that saves a lot bad. of these teams is that Sheffield United are down. Like they were a team down. that had Sheffield United were a team in the championship. They had a solid championship squad and they had three, four, maybe five if you're pushing it, guys who are really Premier League quality players, and then Dai had an awesome season. Now he's at Marseille. Sander Burge is a, great, is a good Premier League midfielder for teams down there. And he's at Burnley. And he was in the championship last year. Now he moved to Burnley. And then they still have Ad, uh, Ahmed Admozovic. Oh, that's center back. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, a, he's a really good player. 
but you know, you have this one guy. Like I think that they're gonna finish bottom below Luton. And then Luton are another team where they're this is a money laundering scheme for them. They're just trying to get this parachute payment and get the fuck out of here. They made their their record signing. They smashed their record fee of four point seven million pounds for Tahiti Chong. Chong. <laughs> Chong. We got a sell on fee for that one. Luckily. So, <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, it's fine. Like Luton shouldn't even be here. So it's like... well. The thing with Luton is, I respect what they're doing because they're not treating this as like they're going to come up and they're going to survive this year. They came up and they are gathering talent that's championship proven. That's top quality in the championship, and they're adding it to their squad so they can, you know, try and give a good account of themselves and, you know, obviously attempt to survive. But when they do inevitably go down, now the floor of your squad in the championship, a lot of these guys probably aren't going to leave. Maybe one or two will impress and get qualified but, lower and come really close. But they're going to go back down to the championship, and then they're going to have an even better squad, and they're going to be able to challenge, come back up again. You keep doing that, you keep making that Premier League money, and then maybe one day you are able to establish yourself. It's a long road for them. Um. They did sign somebody named Marvelous Nakamba, which is amazing. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, he was at Villa. He's, he's, he's a good player for them. Yeah, and they took a city player on loan, Issa Kabure. I don't know anything about him. No idea um, I haven't heard of him either. But what like, position? Uh, I have no idea. It's on the Sky thing that uh, that Jack sent me, which is horrible and doesn't list positions. Thanks a lot, Jack. That's um, yeah, you know, just what done. I do. I, I, dude, look, I take this shit seriously, like, when I give out links to get ready for this podcast, I'm only giving the best. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, I think sure. I think Luton's fine. It's just like if they stay up, great. But they're not fucking themselves over in the likely event that they don't stay up. Um, like the other ones, though, to me, like Sheffield, I'm like, uh, I don't really, I don't, yeah, I don't get that. I, I mean, to be fair to them, we can't criticize Luton and shit on. Sheffield because they're kind of operating in a similar way, right? Where it's like, hey, like we're gonna sign guys that are good, but if we go down, this is not a disaster. Like this is, yeah. we can manage this. But Wolves, it's like I just don't understand this at all. Like they actually have turned a pretty massive profit here because they sold Nathan Collins to Brentford for twenty three million pound. Connor Cody went to Leicester because. Pep Guardiola told him to go to Leicester. <laughs> so they got seven million pounds. <laughs> uh, Ruben Neves, they got 47 million pounds for him. Absolute loser, by the way, going to fucking Saudi Arabia when he's 26. He's crying years. at the mall on you on yeah, camera. Just ridiculous. Um, Raul Jimenez, 5.5 million pounds to Fulham. They released a bunch of players. Um, Diego Costa, who didn't really do anything for them, to be honest. They are losing recipes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just I'm really sad that Jao Mantinho is gone because I just like I've always enjoyed him as a player. Um, so I'm sad that he's not no longer in the Premier League. But yeah, like the rest of this, I don't even, I don't even know. I think is Trent Cow still there? Or no, he went back right on a loan. Yeah, he was on loan. Yeah, so he's on he's loan. Sporting. Yeah, and then don't worry, Matthias Cunha is there. They didn't they spend a bunch of? They they spent a lot of money on somebody though last summer, right? Not not just last summer, but. It was a strike. In January. In January, they oh, sent Matthias Guedes for 50. Oh, my God, Guedes. Yeah. For, like, 35. Wow. Yeah, and, like, he hasn't Literally done Literally a FIFA player. Yeah, this is this is not looking good. Obviously, they just, they just sacked Lepetegu. Or, I guess, Lepetegu left. They agreed. They mutually agreed yeah. to terminate his employment. But, like, I mean, come on, man. Fucking, you're coming in with, what is it, Gary O'Neill? Like, give me a break. That guy fluked a fucking... 
you know, keeping whoever it was, who was it? Uh, Bournemouth, right? Um, and he kept up. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, come on, he totally fluked that. They they were terrible for like the last like two months of the season, by the way. Bournemouth, they were awful. Um, yeah, I'm so, high on their summer though. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that too. But like, I, I this Wolves one, I just I think the bottom three is honestly set. Like, I just can't imagine another team not like finishing worse than any of these three teams. And I feel like those three, te- or whoever goes down, I feel like whoever does end up going down, um, they're going to stay down. I don't see any of them coming back up. This is a really weak, like, bottom five. Um, yeah, I agree. Do you think that, do you, do you think that uh, James Madison made a mistake leaving Leicester now that they have a Pep Guardiola approved manager? <laughs> <laughs> I love Enzo Maresca. Like, don't even get me started. He used to be a West Ham uh, assistant coach. He uh, masterminded our win uh, at Stamford Bridge, uh, December 2019. Well, no, Aaron Cresswell, man. I'll never forget that. They came out, <laughs> and we were like, yeah, like, good win. Like, Pellegrini Green, he coached a good game. And then it came out, and it was like, yeah, Enzo Maresca, like, orchestrated the whole thing. I was like, what, what was Pellegrini doing? Was that his yeah. deathbed? He's, he was senile at that point. Was he getting his skin pulled back and like clipping it back on? Instead of standing <laughs> on touch on? I think James Madison is a dirtbag, and every single decision <laughs> he's ever made in his life is a mistake. <laughs> so, if that answers your question, um, yeah, I he, he belongs at top. He does belong at top. So, Brentford or sorry, Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth summer. I love Bournemouth summer because I think from that, like last January. Yeah, starting in January, I think that Ahmad Chaore is a really good player. Um, if I'm being honest, I've seen him play a maximum of one time, but damn, he's good in FM. But like, it, it's the kind of signing that makes sense for them, and they're not spending egregious amounts. It's twenty million. That's the highest they spent this year. He's yeah. going to come in. He's going to offer more to them going forward. They almost signed Nico Jackson in January. People forget that. So like, whatever they're doing in their transfer policy is clearly semi-successful should be Kirkhez was highly rated i know a ton of west ham fans want Kirkhez. he played really well against us in uh the europa conference league semi-final he seems like a good player um i think that koyavert he doesn't you know like knock your socks off or anything like that but for nine million that's like a tricky fast winger who honestly bournemouth have a pretty established style and identity and all these players fit that too which i and, think is big he... when teams go away from what they need to do down there yeah and click Clivert's just played at big clubs, so like it's not yeah. he'll he's not gonna come into the Premier League and be like, oh my god, like Yeah, it raises the level. Yeah. Um and then they signed what? Romaine Romaine Lettuce. No, yeah, Romaine, Romaine Farr. Farr. He's, a, he's Farr. another one like that. He's I think he has Premier League experience. I don't think so. Was he a Wolves guy? I I'll look that up because I believe that he had played in the Premier League at some point. He's a Lyon guy. I, I know that he came from Lyon, but for some reason, I feel like he had a loan or something. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad summer. It's, it's, it's also like again, it's one of those things where it's like that summer probably keeps them up in the Premier League, but yeah. even if it didn't, you're not fucking yourself over. So like, wait, I'm sorry, Far Favre is on loan at Lorient. Is that real? Oh wait, that is real. Why? I don't know. For some reason, my transfer market is in French. But 
Yeah, I actually remember seeing him do that and being like, what is going on? Is this a Strasbourg type situation? Maybe or this who, is like a money the team that Forrest were dealing with last year? They signed like three players and loaned them like Olympiacos or some shit. Bournemouth owner owns Lorient. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's a money laundering scheme, basically. Yeah. Awful. Great. Awful stuff. <laughs> um, this ward is doomed. Speaking of money laundering, Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea. <laughs> Really saving it. You up just there. have to admire when a team tries to build from the ground up, right? Humble beginnings of humble beginnings. Two hundred fifty million pounds of flyers on like random wonder kids. So when are, <laughs> when are they going to break a billion under Bowley? Because they, they got to be pushing nine hundred at this point. And if Casado comes in, because that's another fifteen million pounds. Like today, they or yesterday, they just signed another quote unquote wonder kid. For 15 million pounds, every single one, and every one, every single one of them costs like 10, 25. Yeah. Before before we shit on them, I will say, I think the Nico Jackson signing was really good. That's like the one yeah, signing awesome. they made. That, he's like the one yeah. signing they've made that I've immediately was like, yeah, I think that's seems pretty smart. Like I, I get that one, um, but like they're like I've seen a lot of fans are like crying that Nkunku's out, and I'm like, I get it, and Kunku's a really good player. I don't really understand where he was going to play for their team. Like, I don't, I, it, nothing about this team makes any sense to me. It just feels like just buying dudes that have talent and, like, yeah, Poch will figure it out. So, like, there, it, it's really that's, hard to grasp. That's what literally what they're playing. Is I, I almost can't, like, sit here and, like, kind of predict how they're going to be this year. I almost just, like, have them for their six because, like, oh, it's Chelsea. It's figured out. Like Chelsea with no Europe. Europe, like yeah, like okay, right. they'll figure it out. It, it, but it's it, see, I don't, I still, I just think they have too many guys. They still have too many guys on the team. Like it's insane that they've sold the amount of players they have, and it still is like, eh, but I'm not sure. I mean, they've also added like, okay, so Axel Desasi comes in from Monaco, Nicholas Jackson from mm, our center backs from Villarreal, and Kunku from Leipzig, and Robert Sanchez from Brighton. Those four are hundred percent going to be in the first team, right? So like, that's and Malo Gusto, who they signed in January for the summer. Okay, is he with them? Like he's going to. Yeah, he's with. Yeah, them. he's going to be their backup right back. Okay, so that's five guys, right? They've sold Havertz, Kovacic, Loftus Cheek, Mason Mount, Pulisic. That's it. All right, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, Koulibaly also. So that's six. And I guess if you want to, there's another one going. Mendy. Mendy's right. going. Mendy's gone. Conte is gone, but Conte Gallagher wasn't even like. Go. Yeah, Conte wasn't even like there last year, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, Has that's been... who I'm thinking of. Ian Matt Ziyech hasn't gone yet. No, it's like weird that they have. There's been like no links. Has yeah. he been a Saudi link? Ziyech. Bo- yeah, he did, but they apparently I think something got flagged in his medical, and that's why know. that move didn't go down. Oh, and then they also um, let Aspilicueta um, go. I'm not going to count Obama in because he basically right, right. didn't exist last year anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, okay, so those 10 guys basically that they were around the first team last year that are gone. And it still is like this team is like this squad is bloated. I I don't know, man. I don't envy the job. Just, and somehow, look, I the thing I'm most amazed about this team is like they have done God knows how much – the activity they've done on the transfer market in the last two windows is like – absolutely ridiculous and somehow it's like they've bought one midfielder 
for their first team. That, that's my whole thing with them is that they somehow sign all these players and they don't sign like the two most important building blocks of any squad. There's there's no defensive midfielder, no like true six like Enzo whatever, but like you have nobody who can really provide you stability in midfield and give any balance to it. It's most un- I've been calling this the most unbalanced squad I've seen since they won the Champions League, and all they've done is get more unbalanced and more confusing. They don't buy they don't buy a true striker who can actually just consistently be a nine for you. And Robert Sanchez, I guess, is the goalkeeper. Like the spine is fucked. The center backs are different every week. It's a disaster. I don't. Well, I guess yeah, their plan is Caicedo. But that's not see like this. They are so. They it's like they are taking like what United did for about fucking nine years, and they're like, yeah, but what if we do that in two transfer windows? <laughs> like, what if we just do that for two transfer windows and see what happens? It's crazy to me where their squad is from like where it was when they won the champions league um it it doesn't have balance it doesn't have any cohesion i think they've lost a lot of like i mean they've just lost a shit ton of experience and they're trying to replace it with young talent which like fine but doing it as rapidly as they've done it just seems like an egregious mistake it just i, I don't really understand it um <clears throat> and like the center back stuff Desasi, um Fofana, is he out for the year? Do we know how long he's out for? Something like that. Yeah, he's for a, like a long period of time. So he might be out for the year. So it's like Desasi and uh, Badia Shield, like they're both pretty good talents from everything I've read and seen, but they're both also like gigantic center backs that don't move that well, like are not comfortable in space. And I think it's fine to have one of those guys because center backs work in partnerships. Having both your center backs kind of have similar weaknesses in their physical attributes to me is not ideal. And then you're putting them next to fullbacks who, like, let's be honest, Cucurella might be like the worst left back purchase in the history of the hit, like, everything. Yeah, in the history of the sport. Like, honestly, just one of the stupidest transfers I can ever remember. Um, Chilwell is fine when he's healthy, he's nothing special, but he's fine. He's not healthy that often. And then the right-back situation is like, what's what's happening here at right-back? It's like, okay, Reese James is there, and when he's healthy, he's world-class. But he's another guy who's not healthy that often. And then after that, behind him, who's there? It would be Gusto. It would be Gusto, right? really good. But, you know, first year in the Premier League, he's 21. How much responsibility are you going to give him? Yeah, and, and then you, the goalie situation, like, I think Kepa sucks, but I'm not sure Robert Sanchez is – like a major upgrade or anything just not really no he's not yeah i mean I, you, from said the... two mid, you said two mid-table keepers now and you're just stuck with these two guys yeah it just i, I don't know I, I i think potch is a good manager for whatever they're trying <laughs> to do here um but i'm not sure he can get them into the top four this year this this team just feels like they still need another window or and, and not just like they don't need a january they need another summer window to like mm-hmm. do the business they need to do because this is again I, I the midfield is look at their midfield options they're horrendous like it's embarrassing it's it's, it's, it's enzo what is it? i mean it's, it's literally enzo gallagher enzo gallagher andre santos who's a baby by the way yeah cesaro cassade wherever that Italian, going on lester oh i didn't know that this it's cool. either lester or genoa 
He should go to. Oh, isn't cool. Genoa in Serie A? Yeah. Yeah, he should go there. But what if Pep tells him to go to Leicester? <laughs> <laughs> this should be like Pep's new thing, where he just <laughs> trolls every other team. Where he's just like, "Oh yeah, I told, uh, I told Lissandro Martinez he should go to Leicester." <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna tell Ten Hag to sell us McGuire. <laughs> I don't know why this just. I don't know why this just reminded me of this. But do you, do you remember uh, United played Bournemouth a few years ago, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer pulled Nathan Ake aside and was like, "You know, we need a left side center." Yeah. <laughs> oh my what God. the hell was that, dude? And he was like, "Keep going. You're playing well." We're like, "What? Are we in for him? Did you just like reveal that to the world?" <laughs> what do you? Pep had the thing with um, the guy in Southampton a couple years ago. Who was the bald winger? Red like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Back at Burnley, like, by the way. Back in the Premier League. He's with that. Vincent Company, dude. Pep, Pep told Vincent Company, <laughs> you got to go get this guy, man. <laughs> Nathan like, Redmond's 35 years old playing for Besiktas. He gets the call. He's like, why the hell am I getting a call from Nathan? Nathan Redmond was an awesome uh, guy to buy in like FIFA 2014. Goodbye. <laughs> My favorite part about Nathan Redmond, we talked about Elise looking dangerous and not doing anything. Nathan Redmond will play 36 Premier League games, start 28, look menacing the whole time. You check his stats, he's got two goals, two assists. Yeah, he's like what the What's going on over there? Just crazy Dude, player. The best, the best Pep like anecdote, at least from the last year that I can think of, is him being like, yeah, Tim Ream, like if he wasn't 36, he'd be a Man City fan. <laughs> <laughs> he, had, he had one, was it, it was two summers ago, right, where they were like interested in Kane, but they couldn't like Levy was just not gonna do it. Yeah, uh, it was right before Halloween. I don't. I don't remember what it was, like what he said. I, I don't remember what the question even was or why he started talking about like Daniel Levy, but but he was like he called him the great. He's like, oh, I'm not a great master of negotiation. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> <laughs> just the most ridiculous stuff he comes out with. There was the Chris. Was a, I'm so happy. Happy New Year. Oh my god, dude! That was when that was when they won and like Fernandinho got sent off or whatever. Yeah. That was his first season. Dude, he is sick in the head. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. More than you believe. Yeah, more, more than, than you believe. Arteta will never deliver these moments. No, he, to circle the back that conversation he doesn't, earlier. He doesn't have Pep's aura as much. He as He has way too to. much hair. You know who doesn't have a who who doesn't have hair and has the Pep aura. Enzo Maresca. <laughs> is he bald? He, he is, is bald. Very, yeah, that's right. He's I actually bald. don't. Conspiracy theory, I don't think he's naturally bald. Like, I, think <laughs> I buy that because I, I disciple, buy like, <laughs> If Arteta was serious, he would be bald. Yep. I forgot that Kovacic is at City now. Yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, but we haven't seen him under Pat. And it's like, yeah. I saw somebody, somebody was like, um, Kovacic is like a broken girl or like a broken man. You look at them and you're like, I can fix them. But I, you can't. I just counted how many outgoings Chelsea have in this window. Do you want to take a guess? <laughs> I don't want to like – I want to say like 12. <laughs> you, neither of you is close. 28. I was going <laughs> to guess – I was going to go into the 20s, but I was like, no way. Yeah, I didn't want to like highball it. And like make it not like have the same punch effect. But I was gonna say like sixteen. Twenty-eight. Just count it. They're gonna they're 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 gonna go over thirty. 
like comfortably. I don't remember the last time West Ham has have had like twenty eight players. Just in Dude, general, we can't. We struggle to sell one player. We sold Declan Rice for like under what we all said we would take for him for years, and we were like, "Oh my god, we did it! Fleece of the we century. finally did it!" <laughs> Wait, Brentford signed David Beckham's son? Yeah, yeah. How old is he? He's like in the academy. He's nothing. That's hilarious. Oh. Um, they're they're not going to be that good next year. I don't think. I think they oh, the Smith table is a mess. They probably don't mind, though. They have, like, space, right? They can, like, be worse and still finish 13th or 14th. Uh-huh. So that's fine for them. Like, if I'm them, it might even be a good thing, right? Because it's like, okay, let's... The, so they've spent $23 million on Nathan Collins, twenty eleven million pounds on Mark Flecken from Freiburg. I don't know anything about him. And £20 million on Kevin Schad, also he sucks. Freiburg. Okay. Um, Jack he hates, sucks. Yeah. He sucks. He was on loan there in January, and they bought him in the summer. He sucks. I, I I don't see it. Actually, I'm not going to lie. I did go to the Premier League Summer Series when they were in D.C., and I saw him in the flesh, and he made a good run in behind him on a penalty, and I was like, you know what? Maybe this kid's got something about him. But he sucks. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so they... His yeah, aura. <laughs> uh, Lucas, oh, I remember man. he came on against us in the FA Cup and just had, like, horrible cameo for like 20 minutes and i was like like this is like this high rated like teenager that brentford like i thought brentford did good business like i thought that was their whole thing but they gave him the nine who is this kid it's not great business but it's also just like it's not one of these mid-tables ones where you're just like that's whatever i guess i i i I want him to fail so bad like like an unjustifiable amount i don't know um yeah it's it's all right. Is it, is it Villa time for you guys now? No. Did he talk about like Fulham or something? <laughs> no, dude, not them either. <laughs> yeah, let's do Fulham. Jack loves Fulham. Bad team. I I had them going down in my my little prediction little board. Thing. Every time I look at my like who do you have staying up? I then? just move Fulham down. Uh, Wolves, which like kind of was to be different, but mm-hmm. also. My like gut reaction. I like looked at Fulham, like what they're doing. And I'm like, this isn't a team that should stay in the Premier League. And I think last year, if they had this summer, they would not have stayed in the Premier League. I mean, we spent all of the spring just being like, this team's going down next year, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. So, and then they, this entire summer, they've done everything in their power to go down. I love you don't like Calvin Bassi, but it's terrible. I do like that. Ba- I do like Bassi, <laughs> but then you know. They he's not a needle mover, and they already have a, you know a pretty solid right back, left back, and Anthony Robinson. They he's gonna play do center the same back. Thing. I think Bassi's gonna play center back for them. Bassi's gonna play center back, but okay, that's fair. But they already are pretty decent at center back. That's like probably their best depth position between Reem Diop and uh, Adarabio. Like that's fine to stay up. Um, their attra- attack is atrocious. It's like straight up the worst attack in the league by far. Um, between like Carlos Vinicius, they had to like hold on to dear life for Willian, who they who they signed like two weeks ago. Yeah, they Dude, convinced he's going him. To Saudi right? Arabia. He's going to Saudi Arabia. He or he wants to. He wants to terminate they're, they're, his. Con- he wants to terminate his contract and go to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they're holding on for dear life. I Again. think they're going to keep him. Okay. Um, but it's we're talking about fucking Willian. They're like praying to God William stays. Um, awful. Uh, De Cordova Reed, 
Uh, Bobby de Cordova Reed. Hey, uh, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I, he's whoa. a reggae boy and I respect him. <laughs> I, but I do like me some Bobby de Cordova Reed. He's not a Premier League level oh. player. Remember um, they played him at right back against us, I'm pretty sure? They've, they've played they him. Played? I think he's played everywhere for them. It's yeah. Horrible. He loves it, so He loves it. He's a funny guy. This is the year that the wheels fall off for him. The wheels consistently fall off for Marco Silva at some point in NBA jobbies, and this is as long as he's lasted. Can't see. Yeah, I mean, he did the best he could last year, and they sucked last year too. But yeah, they overperformed every like. What was it? It was was Mitrovic, basically. Yeah, and Tim Ream was getting fucking pep shouts. <laughs> it's not gonna happen again. That's what you think. That's what you think. Pep knows though. Yeah, I don't we'll know. I just, I still just think they have enough to stay in the Premier League because I just think those bottom three are terrible. That's the only argument. I think if this exact Fulham team got transplanted to last year, they bottom out like straight up. I think they're below Southampton. This entire. There's so many bad teams next year, it feels like. Palace are going to suck. Forest have been linked with a lot of good players, and just about every single one has rejected them. My favorite thing about Palace this summer that they did is, um, so this guy they signed recently. The Brazilian. <clears throat> What's up? I'm talking about the, the Brazilian. Brazilian. The Brazilian yeah, uh, Matt, Franca, is that is that the one? Yeah. 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 They put, so his like fee is like 25 million pounds, basically. And then there's five million of easy add-ons or something, but then there's also a five million pound Ballandora clause, yeah. which is my favorite thing of the entire summer. <laughs> it's like the great. I love the Ballandora clauses because I've Just never seen one. Hit. I've never seen one hit. Like I've never seen a team like, oh, <laughs> we, we got to pay fucking six million pounds this summer because Anthony Martial won the Ballandora. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, this is the one, man. This is the one. Uh, Crystal Palace are going to capitulate because Mateus Franca, uh, like it's going to be the five million pound, like pound difference of them, like liquidating. We, you know, we, you know what'll happen? They'll go down one of these next few years. Franca will get sold like mid table Premier League. They'll show out. They'll end up at Barcelona. Palace will fall apart. They'll be down in League One. They'll be broke. They'll be on the verge of administration. And Mateus Franca will win a Ballon d'Or and put them in their grave for good. And that'll be it. There'll be no more Crystal Palace. So it'll just be an empty stadium that Steve Parrish built somewhere in South London, and there'll be a long, distant memory. Sweet poetic. So uh, we should also pour one out because Luka Milivojevic is finally no longer at Palace. Remember the year he scored nine penalties? That was ridiculous. Um, I still think that I'm pretty sure I'd be shocked if they don't stay up, though. Like Hodgson just knows how to grind out results when they need them. And I actually like I they have not obviously done a lot of business here. It's just Jefferson Lerman are free and Mateus Franca. Um, but like I generally feel like they do a good job of letting the right players go when they should. Obviously, the Zaha one sucks, but it's like I don't really know. I, I, it's hard to blame them for that, right? Like, what were they gonna do? Like, couldn't really I'm sell him. Kid. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy. I hope he kills in a Champions League or something against Arsenal. That'd be great. Um, but like, I just think they're like a pretty competently ran club. Like I think Parrish is not unrealistic about what Crystal Palace can do. Like he knows what they are and what they're capable of. I think he has pulled the plug on managers at the appropriate times. 
And I kind of liked the year before where he was just like, yeah, we're not going to give any of you guys extensions and you will just play out the year and then you will go and then we'll figure it out in the summer. I just, I just think they love to stay in the league. They love just finishing 12 Mm -hmm. and hanging out. But it's like, it's look, it's look at their stadium. Like they have no capacity. They're building it, right? It's not. It's not. Is it yeah, done? They're building it. No, no. Yeah. I think it's like twenty twenty six. Yeah, but like in the, it's Selhurst Park, like you got to be realistic about what you're really capable of here. You know, like you're not, you're not just not going to have the gates to like mm-hmm. punch above your weight to the extent that like you know Newcastle. Obviously, they have a fifty thousand seat stadium. It's a little bit different than somebody like Crystal Palace. So at the end of the day, Crystal Palace will always be. That'll always be little bro. It's always gonna be little brother. That's our little bro. Oh, is it? That's little bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. Tottenham are like adopted big bro, but they're not a part of the family. <clears throat> Fuck Tottenham. That's right. Uh, That's I don't right. know what else to say. I have nothing to say about them. We also talked mm-hmm. about them for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Enough has been said. <laughs> I guess we could talk about West Ham. But I don't no. know what to say. Yeah, like it's just it's it's so all over the place. It's so scattergun approach. It's exhausting. But I will say I've I've never seen us act the way that we've acted the last like, four or five days in the transfer window before. The the, the desperation, <laughs> it's it's something to behold. They watched Thomas Suchek and Flynn Downs play twice together, and they said there's absolutely no way. We're gonna let that happen mm-hmm. in the Premier League game. I don't know. I don't know if you're aware. We lost four nothing to Leverkusen and three one to to Ren. And those are the only 180 minutes that Downs and Suchek have ever played together. And we lost seven to one. And the the Ren result game. flattered us. It, honestly, they both did. Like Ariel, like showed the fuck out in that Leverkusen second half. Second yeah. half. Like that could have easily been five or six to nil. Um, I think I don't actually think it's scattergun, right? I, it's pretty obvious what's happening. Like, there are two people at the top of recruitment who have diametrically opposed visions of like what should be done. So it's not really scattergun. You just got to figure out which link is for which person. So like, you're like, oh, Maguire McTominay, that is Moyes, that is David yeah, Moyes, yeah. no question about it. And then you'll get like this random dude from like a team in Sweden or something. You're like, okay, this is probably Steiden. Yeah. We just got linked to somebody in Serie B uh, the other day. <laughs> Some striker. Some clause. name that you could never even hope to pronounce. <laughs> like you don't think you don't think Moyes was spent a summer crunching Serie B tapes? It, 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 it looks like you're t- starting to type Paulinha and then like had a stroke halfway through. <laughs> Yeah, that's another reason why I think Fulham will stay up. Keeping pulling you is pretty big for them. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, the West Ham thing is, it, it's just like, one, they're going to get saved by the fact that, as we've talked about, they're just like way worse teams in the league. Um, but like, I don't really understand why. Like, Maguire has become this meme where like, teams that, are like I don't want to sound like a douche, but whatever. I'm just gonna say it. Like teams that are not at Manchester United level, like fans of those teams are trolling Maguire. Like he's this awful player, and I'm like, no, he's like good. Like he's just not 
good enough for United, really. And he's very more specifically than that. He's just not a good fit for what Ten Hag wants to do and how he wants to play and all that stuff. Like, he's not a good tactical fit. So I don't really understand any team, like, below the top six. And even, like, a team like fucking Spurs, you play back three, I'd want Maguire if I were them. Um, I think Maguire's a good player. Like, he's just not a great fit at United. I think if you guys are actually playing a three at the back this year, he'll kill it in that formation. He always kills it for England in that formation. He is way... Like, if you... I mean... If you watch England, he's always better than Stones. He's always better. He was the, he is the better center back when he plays for England. Um, and I understand international is not national. Or sorry, it's not club level. But like that three at the back system suits him. I think as long as you can have players with pace around him and protect him a little bit back there. And so and and obviously at three at the back, you're not covering necessarily as much space. Um, excuse me. Uh, but like uh, I would. I'd be pretty happy about signing McGuire if I were a West Ham fan. Uh, McTominay, oh, yeah. like, I don't feel the same way, but uh, McGuire, like, yeah, I think he's, like, a genuinely good player and would probably, I mean, people are worried, like, oh, he's 30. Like, what if we give him a four-year contract? Like, he'll be fine. Like, he, he can't fucking move as it is. So, like, he's not, like, <laughs> like what's he going to do, lose pace? Like, no, it's, like, not going to happen. Um, he, He'll be fine at West Ham. He, he, you're not going to play a high line. Moyes is going to be like, we are never leaving our box. And he'll be like, this is great. Like, I d- never have to cover more than, like, six yards. Um, yeah, He'll be pr- protected in a way that he hasn't been since Leicester, really. And I, I just think that, like, he's, again, like, I, I think he needs to leave. He's never going to succeed at United because he's become this meme. And even, like, fans of the team now just mock him like he got killed in preseason for like mistakes everybody else was making it was just really stupid and people are killing him for it and it's like i just can imagine him going to west ham way less pressure like people forget how good he was at leicester like this wasn't just like it wasn't like just united were in for him every big club in in england was interested in him at one point they were all linked with him city was linked with him that summer like we just bid over the top to get him so, like, I think people just forget that he was actually, like, a very, very hot commodity at one point, and is still a good player. I mean, he's had good seasons at United. His first two seasons at United, he was genuinely, like, flat-out good. And even last year when he was getting absolutely killed when every time he played, like, I think we had, like, I want to say we went something like a thousand minutes or something where we didn't concede with him on the pitch. Like, he didn't have a bad season. He just wasn't first choice because he's not going to ever be first choice or second or even third choice for, for Ten Hag. It's just not going to happen. Um, but he's a good player. Like, I, I think he'll be a huge, huge success at West Ham. And honestly, what is it? The fee that I think it'll get done at like 30 and five in add ons or something like that. Yeah. It's a good fee. The fee is fine. You've got to understand, like, everybody in the fucking world knows you have 105 million pounds sitting and burning all in your pocket. You're not going to get. The, the fair price. You're going to have to pay a little bit over the top. You're going to have to pay the iron price. Um, like my boy, Theon Greyjoy. That's a fun pun, too, the iron price. <laughs> yeah, I like that. But yeah. You you stole the words out of my mouth with Maguire. Like, I honestly think he would be like a season-changing player to sign. Yeah, it's I, a I, don't, I don't say that lightly. I mean, he you guys have struggled, like, progressing play out of the back right um, he helps 
yeah, he helps with that. He'll help you with that. And I, I think, I mean, there's already the, I think the reports that have come out today of like, oh, you know, Moyes will make him the captain. Like when that stuff starts coming out, I almost would be shocked if the deal doesn't get done because once you put that out there, like, I don't know, like it's kind of hard to just tell it like. He, oh. he has progressively warmed up to this move. Like yeah. over time, mm-hmm. like you can go back through all the links and you can see it happening because he feels himself getting pushed out of United. He doesn't see any interest from anywhere else. And like you guys have both said, like I wish I could disagree to make this more interesting, but I think he's a home run for us. And you've talked about he needs somebody with pace to cover him. I can't imagine a better center back playing next to him in a back three than I have Garrett. Mm-hmm. That's where all those the space is going to be too because Emerson is the – in you know the hypo- hypothetical back five that we have right now, it, it's going to be Emerson that's leaving all the space, and Aguero eats space like it's nothing. Yeah, even and Zuma, the fifteen matches he'll be fit for, like he's a fucking monster too. So mm-hmm. and Carrere, when he plays center back, what he excels at, it's in the back three on the right side. It's not yeah. in the back four. It's in the back. Yeah, and and you look if you're going to lose Cresswell, who's like a, what he's having like the biggest hissy fit that nobody gives a fuck about this summer. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, he thinks he's Demi, man. Yeah, but like if if Cresswell's gone, like you need a player like Maguire because you're losing so much in your ball progression. Like Cresswell gave you guys a lot there. Um so adding Maguire who like we and the weird thing too is even though he's right footed, he's way more comfortable playing off the left. So like you're yeah. kind of doing a like for like replacement in some ways. Um, or at least getting the progression from the same side of the pitch that you would be getting it in the instance where Cresswell is still on the team. Um, but yeah, like I just think aside from Maguire, you know, who I think would be a home run signing, I just feel like you need more from the fullbacks. Like I don't really like your, your I guess your wingbacks in, in this. This is the formation that that is going to go in with. back five. Yeah, I like Kufal, but not in the back five. That's just not... Just with the mm-hmm. chipping the ball down yeah. the line, man. And, He's and... never once turned his hips inside the face in the middle <laughs> of the field. He's never done it. He's never done it. I'm, I might keep a tally of how many times he does it. This is You got to forgive him. This is his new, like, fixation. Like, <laughs> he, like, noticed it, and now he just, like, can't unsee it. This is one of those That's things. actually kind of funny, because Juan Bissaka does this funny thing where, like, he's is not comfortable carrying the ball on an overlap, but he loves dribbling inside and underlapping. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm always so amazed by that. Cause I'm just like, this makes absolutely no sense. Cause I can tell like you don't want to be on the ball, but then when you are on the ball, you're going into like the most congested areas of the pitch because you're more comfortable there for some reason. I don't get he just it. Blacks out. Yeah. He's just like, I, I got this. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I just, the wing backs are just not, enough um and 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 to be fair to kufal like he's played a lot of football the last two matches. oh yeah he's he's been great yeah he's he's just been been overworked like he doesn't have a rotation option and like you know look you can get away with that at like center back because those guys of course you're moving a lot at the top level at any position but at at right back like you're expected to to provide width and get forward and all these type of things it's a lot. It, that's a brutal position to not have a quality rotation option. And he hasn't had that. So um, I, I don't like that that is still kind of a thing. It just whatever. Um, the left back spot for you guys has been kind of like a disaster zone, it feels like, for the last couple of years. Um, yeah, both fullbacks for as long as I can remember. Just, 
since since 2021. Yeah, since but, last two seasons. 1991. Emerson Emer- did have a good conference league final, didn't he? Awesome. Yeah, it's the best game he played. Randomly for us. awesome. But the thing is, people act like he's like not a problem player now. Like <laughs> half the fan base hated him. He was in the team for that game. People were like, "Oh my god, we're gonna lose!" I've never seen a meltdown like that. I was, I was like, "Nice, one final meltdown to end the season." <laughs> it's unbelievable. But we are, we are linked with Ian Matson from Chelsea. We want uh, Trevor from Ren. I do think that we're gonna sign a left back. The right back spot, we're just gonna end up with Ben Johnson backing up football again, and he's another one. Who he, a, he was terrible, had an awful season last year, after a great year the year before. So I think he can you know, be fine, but he's another one where he's way more comfortable on the back four than the back five. But Moyes doesn't trust him, right? He's not like the fundamental issue here. Not anymore. He he only trusts him when he's literally playing out of his skin. Mm-hmm. It's like he can't just have like a regular, acceptable game. <laughs> it was like no two two years ago, like he was unbelievable. But it was like he would just like he would have like a seven out of ten and like a draw, and boys would be like, "Yeah, you you will not see the match day squad." Yeah. He's our Ob. <laughs> <laughs> Ob Johnson. Like, he, like, when he gets in, he's got to be like absolutely like a monster, yeah. or else he's done. <laughs> Just be LeBron, otherwise you're fucking done. Um, yeah, I, this, I think the fullbacks honestly are the biggest concern with this team. Like, I know the goals are a worry, but like, I mean, strikers obviously another one too, where it's like you sold Scamacha after you bought him last summer, which is fine. Like, it didn't work out for him. He doesn't. He didn't seem like he settled properly. So whatever that happens, but like, I mean, is really you're gonna do the antonio thing one more year and like i i, I got a young blood who's got something to say about that mr divine lubam we'll see how we'll old see. is he 18 18 All right, he, yeah. he can't lead the line for a full season but he's, he is he is gonna be blood through this year but i haven't heard Moyes talk this highly about a teenager yeah ever. but here's the thing this is like when you know tibbs is like oh yeah he was banging the table for for deuce McBride. <laughs> Just banging the tail for Deuce McBride. <laughs> Never plays him. Just won't play him. Like, it's the same thing. It's like, I can, I'm sure Moise is probably like, this is, he looks like Harry Kane. And then he'll, like, the season's going to come around and he's be like, yeah, but he doesn't have 15 years of Premier League experience under his belt like Michaela and He's no Danny yeah. And what Moise asks for from his strikers is very niche. And it's it's a hard role to fill. And Moyes is asking Mubama to play like Antonio. Um, I do think that Moyes is warming up the Ings. I don't know if that's just because Antonio wasn't around this preseason because of the World Cup. But if I had to guess, Ings is going to start this game against Bournemouth on Saturday. I agree. Is it time to bring Arnautovic back? It's been it's, it's, it's been overdue. way overdue. We were linked with him two years ago in January when we were – which year was that? Was that the Europa League year, Joe, or was that – yeah, it was the Europa League. Yeah, and we, oh, dude, we had the I, you could not, cure, like create a striker better for Moyes and Arnautovic, and he <laughs> you left. You guys should have got him last year. And then he you left. Try to get him. Last and then he was offered back to us. And dude, he was in like Instagram, um, like stories and like lives the year that we almost went down. The second time Moyes came back, he was in an Instagram talking to us. In an Instagram live talking about, you know, if West Ham ever need me, I'm there. <laughs> we need you, Mark. We, we need, need you, you, man. Um, yeah, I 
striker and fullbacks. Like, I think the midfield can get by. I, I'm not too worried about that. I think Paqueta is We're really at least good. addressing it. Yeah, Alvarez and really Ward-Prowse will be fine. That'll be fine. That'll be fine. Uh, Ward-Prowse, I do hate that signing, though. Like, yeah, we all do. Yeah, it's, he's just, it's fine. He's like the most unworthy like Premier League player who always gets praised every time I watch a broadcast. It's crazy. Like, they love it, him. Because they, they have no one else to talk about with Southampton. <laughs> But like, that's not even true. Like, he's not even close to their best player. No, it's even now in the fucking championship, he's not their best player. It's, no, it's been crazy for like three years. And I swear, this guy always scores a banger against United. Always, every year. He that's the thing I'm banger. looking forward to is he's gonna he's gonna score the winner against Chelsea. You know he is. Match week two, he's gonna score the winner, and I'm gonna get crazy. And all of this, all of this good trust I've built up with my Chelsea fan friends the last few weeks. All of this nice trust I've built up, but just being ironic, I fucking hate them. It's going to disappear. Yeah. Again, early in the Even season. Even though I, I'm currently out of the R chat because I've blacked out on. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. Uh, the West Ham thing is, you know, it's it's not an ideal summer, but it like it likely and fortunately will not cost them a spot in the Premier League, but I just don't know how you can like if I'm Stiden, I'm like, why did you bring me here? Yeah, that yeah. that's the whole thing. That's, and he's, that's how he's he literally is. a plan B. It's it's nuts. Um I think that we need a hard reset. At that like it's coming. We're just delaying it with like fucking you know, I love Maguire, but Maguire and James Ward-Prowse, like, we're just adding old players to the oldest squad in the league. That's good. We're eventually going to need to tear it down. Um, Staden needs to take the reins. Um, but, yeah, let's see how long Moyes can make that not happen. Is Alvarez a Staden signing? Mark Noble. He's actually a Mark Noble signing. Mm. Mark Coach Noble's recommended number one by target. Coach Noble. Coach Noble. Yeah, Coach he Noble. loves Alvarez, he loves Fofana, he loves Axel Desasi. This, this guy, he's got the eye, man. He's got the eye. We love yeah. him. I mean, I think it's fine if, like, you're going to keep... See, this This is where I would, like, if I'm Stiden, I would just be like, look, I'm, I'm going to get you Maguire. You're going to get Maguire, right? You get Maguire, that's the guy. I think even above Ward-Prowse, it seems like Maguire is the guy that Moyes is like, wants like he really really yeah, wants it. he's head over heels yeah so like i'll get you mcguire but you're, you're gonna have to just deal like i'm i'm also gonna get you these other players that you've never fucking heard of who have never played in the premier league and you can cry about that but that's what's gonna happen and you just got to deal with it like i that's where i i would but come the, the issue is, is that the board is given Moyes the final say like Moyes has like the veto mm-hmm. power and Moyes is the one who gets the final say in the squad, which is just not how you're supposed to operate with a technical director. A lot of people don't seem to like that or don't understand that. They say, well, why shouldn't the manager get the last pick of his players? And like, I don't know. Ask modern sports, but that's just not how these top clubs who so, like, are competently run are run. So I think from what I have read anyway, I think United and Liverpool actually have similar structures. Clearly, they were doing it much better than we were, though I do think United has gotten a lot better now in the last year or so. Um, but, like, I think what they have is there's, like, a mutual veto. So the t- 
technical director who I think in that in the previous case for Liverpool was Michael Edwards or Klopp could veto any signing. But generally, like, at least how or, uh, how it seems to have worked at United is like, <clears throat> I think they let Ten Hag tell them the positions, right? Like, okay, these are the positions that I need, right? Mm-hmm. These are the qualities I want, whatever. And then based on what they get from him, then they start drawing up a, a short list at each position. And then they work through the short list. I think he's involved at some level, obviously, but not doing the day-to-day scouting type of shit. He's involved at some level. <clears throat> and I think they narrow it down to like two or three. And then they let him kind of pick like, okay, look, these are the three guys that we like in this position. Maybe they tell him what the order is, but like you tell us which one you prefer. Mm-hmm. And that's how we'll like go after it. So like they knew he wanted Kane. They made like the inquiry, and then Levy was probably like, uh, 700 million pounds. And they're like, okay, so guess what? You can't get Kane. Sorry. <laughs> like, who else on this list? Who do you want? Right. And it's like, <clears throat> I think they had like, there was people <clears throat> in the recruitment side that like Kolo Moani, um, but like, but Hoyland was the guy that. Ten Hag preferred, so they went for Hoyland. So, like, I think if you work in tandem, it's fine. But yeah, giving Moy the other problem here too is like Moyes has been at West Ham. Steiden is not a guy. I doubt that he was like went to the board and was like, "Go get me a technical director and get me Steiden." Like, this is the guy yeah. I want. Yeah. And so, because of that, he is effectively like, "No, I'm your boss." So mm-hmm. I don't give a shit what you want, and it's like inherently the way it has to work if it's going to work is either they need to come in at the same time or you hire the technical director and then they appoint the manager yeah doing it the other way around is just really really difficult to manage well from what i've read is that Moyes actually stayed on in spite of us hiring a technical director and his um his request was basically that he would have final say which is crazy and I think the the situation. I think, well, I th- honestly think that Steiden has done a really good job of recruiting, or at least suggesting players who Moyes would actually end up loving. Like I think that, well, first of all, Steiden pushed really hard for Alvarez, and I think Alvarez is like a perfect player for. Oh yeah, Moyes will like him. Yeah, and he balked on Moyes. Uh, he balked on Alvarez for months. It was, it's it was August the now. Moise. Even still, he was like, we didn't really. He wasn't crazy about it. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, Moyes we, has Moyes is so weird, dude. He has to do this thing where he's like, he has to fucking watch the guy play like fifteen times before he mm-hmm. before he even like formulates an opinion. You're like, what the fuck are you doing right now? Like, just yeah. <laughs> I remember his first stint at West End. He had Tom Kearney in the stands <laughs> watching this play, like he was getting ready to push for him that summer. Absolutely disgusting. The, when he was at United, the, for his summer in charge, like they had it, we had a deal lined up for Tiago, right from Barcelona, and like he and he was a he was agreed. Like Tiago had agreed to join United. The deal was done, seventeen and a half million pounds because there was already like a clause in his contract. It was done, but like Moyes would not sign off on it because he was like, no, 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 I have to like watch him play. Like, I have to watch the tape or whatever it was. 
And but then the other thing he did was he was like, well, I'm not starting until July 1st. So he literally didn't start until July 1st. <laughs> and then he like is like wouldn't sign off on any of these deals. And then it was just like I think at some at, at some point I think Byron basically got in and they were just like he was like, all right, well, fuck you, I'm going to Byron. Like this is this is ridiculous. Um, but he's just so methodical about how he wants to go about stuff that it's like it's really hard to get anybody else involved in the process. How does he keep getting away with this? Keeps winning, and that's what he does. He's a good manager. He's <laughs> good enough for now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think they should have sacked him after the conference. I mean, you can dress it up, right? You can be like, oh, it's a mutual parting of ways or whatever. But after that conference mm-hmm. league final was the perfect time to move on. Yeah, I agree. It's time to go it's... out on a high new era. But the you know. way it's like. He doesn't want to leave. Obviously, he doesn't want to leave. Um, and it's like he like earned this like next season, but now he's already on thin ice. So now it's just he's he's already a sitting duck. He just loves he just loves having his back against the wall, man. I wouldn't yeah, have it any like, other way. No contract extension is he. It ends in my it ends in May. He's got a technical director breathing down his neck. They can't agree on anything. Like the writing has never been clear on the wall that he's imminently like going to be sacked. Like he is probably going to be the first one in the Premier League to be sacked if we start poorly. I think. I think honestly, like the first signs that we're like dipping, like he's cooked. I think we'll be. That's my my take. My I think we're going to surprise ourselves starting this season. I'll, I'll I'll be the most surprised person in the whole world. I I mean I might just be like I might have Stockholm syndrome. But I think <laughs> we all cool. do. Before we end here in however many minutes, I do want to talk about some signings that we either like or hate this year. I mean we've touched on a few, but do you guys have any signings in particular that stand out to you? Whether it's like a big money guy like Rice or somewhere with more low level or low key, is there anybody that you're crazy about? Uh, that I just really like. Yeah, yeah, just like the deal of the team, like confident, hundred um, percent success. I hate saying this. I really like Livermento. Yeah, I really like Livermento. I thought he, I think he's just like a totally modern fullback. He's like a perfect long-term replacement for Trippier, and he's a good short-term like guy to challenge him he can he might even i mean i think he's going to take the spot from him by the end of the year but like yeah i just think that that's such a if as long as the only concern with him is the acl right like has if he's made a full recovery that that's a no-brainer like i i wanted him at united i think i was even talking about him last year like hey like we really want to go in for a right back he's the guy i would target so um that's a signing i really like and honestly i think the nico jackson one for chelsea like it's so funny because i think they're overall window and strategy is fucking so stupid and all the chelsea fans in our chat hate me when i say this but i was right i was right last year um i i still think that they're i'm not sure what the hell they're doing but the nico jackson transfer to me feels like they got a that's the one they i think they got that's the one that i'm like yeah i think they they got one there i think they got a really good deal on that one so yeah those are the two that i think stand out the most to me Jack, you want to say yours? I'm still thinking. Yeah. Uh, so, 
not going with right to Arsenal, but sticking with Arsenal, I think Aaron Timbers like a really spectacular signing. He he rocks my world every time I watch him. I can't lie. I when I whenever I watch him play right back for Ajax or center back for Ajax, we, we were watching Alvarez recently just to like see what was up, you know, brushed up on our Edson Alvarez knowledge. And Timber pops off the screen. He came into the middle of the park at one point, scanned like a center back, stepped in between two players and like received it on the half turn and like just turned away from the press. And I just think for Arsenal that he can play in that left back spot when Zinchenko was out. He gives them like another inverted fullback on the right with Zinchenko if they really want to overwhelm teams. I really, really like that sign for them. I just think the fit is seamless. Um, I talked about Jao Pedro before. I think he's going to be great. And Andre Onana for United, I think it's a completely transformative signing. Honestly, maybe the most transformative signing of the transfer window just because of what was there before. Yeah, yeah. Compared to what's going to be there now, it's a completely different team. And he's the kind of goalkeeper Ten Hag really wants to turn Manchester United into this. He's talked about that he wants to be the best transition team in the world. You add Mount, like, yeah, you add Hoyland, like, these guys can run. But Onana is looking get on with it. Like, he's not trying to, like, play, like, always a short pass. Like, right, right. He wants to pick out somebody. Who, it's, he wants to create a chance with the ball. Mm-hmm. So I think that he's really going to. It's almost going to be like a shock effect for United fans, I think, watching him. Literally. Yeah, I mean, if I was to say not to you, – you kind of took all my highlights. I was going to I was gonna say Timber, but I wanted to think about it. Um, I, I love Onana. He's absolutely up there. And I guess to say one that has not been said yet, um, kudos to Brighton, I think, is a slam dunk. Um, tremendous player, one of the few bright spots for Ajax last year. Awesome in the World Cup for Ghana. Um, one of the, probably in my opinion, even though they didn't make it out of the group, um, one of the standout young players of the entire tournament, and he is there going to be their record signing. Yes, he would be if they get and, him. They might not get him still. And I just I'm gonna pretend that it's done. Um, <laughs> I just I just don't see their record signing flopping. It's it's Brighton. Their recruitment is top class. He's proven to be worthy of the top level, and he's it kind of feels like the crown jewel of what they're doing. Yeah. And yeah, big fan. If he scores against us, I'm be like, where did they spawn him from? <laughs> after after I, I, yeah, after he makes it three. Yeah. And we watch him play against Liverpool in the Champions League last year. Yeah, and then we meet him in the Europa League, and then he scores. Where, where do you just keep spawning these guys from? <laughs> they got like this hundred million pound attack. I mean, Ferguson, Ferguson, Pedro, Kudus, and Matoma. It's it's nuts for a club of that size. Very scary. Very very scary. But yeah, that is our Premier League season preview. If anybody wants to clip this, I'm sure there's going to be some stinkers in here. There always is, even when you don't see them coming. Um, not for me. Hopefully they're not me. Um, I feel like, for the most they part. They got to be Schwinn then, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll clip, we'll clip Schwinn. He's the yeah, he's most clippable in here anyways. We'll get the United fans on him. Um, but thank you guys for listening. We appreciate all of you. Uh, we will see you after the Bournemouth game is when the plan is to start recording podcasts after these games and they could get pretty spooky 
things get spooky, as they always do. So they always do. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at hammering underscore away. Uh, the TikTok is hammering dot away. Um, Instagram and threads is hammering away underscore. No cohesive ads across these things. And the blog, as always, is hammering dash away dot blog. And um, tune in to Pod Strickland on <laughs> all of your um you know streaming platforms and thanks win for joining the podcast. Yeah. first guest the third third guest of the podcast thanks for having first us. was Ollie. first was declan rice oh yeah declan rice flynn downs and now we got schwinn and we will have thomas suchek on to give us his thoughts on it's an alvarez